Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. Find out how to get a free audiobook download when you visit the link audiblepodcast.com slash R-H-A-P. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast. And now, here's the guy who says... If this isn't the best podcast you listen to today, I'm going to eat this rock. Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another season of Rob Has a Podcast. This is our big Survivor Caramoan premiere episode recap. Very excited to be back with you guys. I know a lot of people check out during the off season didn't join in with all the fun that we had with crowning our new Miss Survivor this week. It was a, a huge upset that RC St. Amour became our new Miss Survivor this week. Very huge news. Uh, it was a huge, we had debates, we had everything. We talked to our final three with Kim Spradlin, Chelsea Meisner. So what a fun week, a very fun Survivor offseason, but we're back, baby. This is it. Uh, we won a podcast award during the Survivor offseason for the best entertainment podcast of 2012, and we thank you guys very much. So lots of big things uh, coming up. Very exciting new season of Survivor to get it uh kicked off underway here today so in this show here's what we're gonna do we got so much uh this is gonna be a jam-packed show we're gonna talk to a three-time survivor player who's played with uh many of the favorites that you see on the show uh he has played with three of the nine remaining favorites that is right uh coach is going to be uh, joining us on the podcast today have a good interview for you lined up with coach then uh, we're going to check in with nicole sesternino is going to join us and we are going to talk about all of the drama going on between the survivors that are fighting on social media we got a big update segment uh for you guys and then uh, later at the end of the show i'm also going to talk to you i have a a new theory about who is the worst survivor player of all time that's coming up in the voicemail segment uh at the end of the show so Lots of stuff to uh, get to, but it's already been a big Survivor week here. We have been doing our Survivor know-it-alls live this season, like we did last season, although we've been doing them on uh, using the Google Hangouts to do them. They've been watching them live on robhasawebsite.com with uh, Stephen Fishback. I'm really happy with how the know-it-alls are looking this season, and I think I invite you, if you have only listened to the know-it-alls on audio, I invite you to check them out either on our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash robsisternino, or if you go to robasawebsite.com and look at the show page, you can watch the embedded video that I do with Steven. I think that you'll uh, also like how they're doing. We're trying to do more visual stuff also during the live know-it-all shows, and we did some fun stuff with trying to figure out the alliances on the big boards. So that was with Steven on Wednesday night. We had a great show, and then... I thought we had a good interview with Francesca also. We did our exit interview with Francesca, talked to her about what it's like to be the first person 
ever to be voted out twice during Survivor and uh, what was really going on and how she's doing. So that was a good interview. And uh, if you haven't listened to that, you could check that all out. And if you don't want to miss anything, this is the beginning of the season. I always like to remind you guys when we start off a new Survivor season to get subscribed to the podcast. And so I offer you something different uh, this time around. Now, if you want to just subscribe to all the shows you do, and really, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, they're free. You can do that via iTunes on your iPhone. Just go to robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes. Or if you're on an Android, you can go on Stitcher or, or any device. You can go on Stitcher if you like the Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher's in a lot of cars these days. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash Stitcher. Now, a lot of people also say, or a few people, a, very, a, a vocal minority say, Rob, look, we love the Survivor Podcast, but I could care less about anything else you're doing. And first I say, well, that's very rude. But second of all, okay, I got you. If you want to just listen to our Survivor-only feed of the podcast, go to robhasawebsite.com slash showfeeds, and you can select Survivor. It's also at the top of the page. You can click on show feeds, and you can get a Survivor-only RSS feed. Uh, so there you go. They try to ma- try to keep everybody happy as much as I can. And if you are are being kept happy by this podcast, uh, we always appreciate when you leave us some feedback on iTunes for either the Survivor only feed or for the regular feed of Rob has a podcast. So all uh, good. Thank you guys uh, very much. And so the only other thing I want to tell you guys about before we get to coach is I'm really excited about something. I'm going to have some big news to announce in the coming days about the first original Rob has a podcast web series uh the announcement we're going to announce it pretty soon that we're going to uh what what we're going to do it's uh one of the craziest things I may have ever uh, attempted to undertake in my life and I'm very excited to uh tell you guys about that in uh the coming days we should have something to show you uh very soon but uh it's not ready to show you today so uh, we're instead we're going to how about we talk to coach about some survivor All right, everybody, I've got a very special treat here to kick off the Survivor Karamoan Recap Podcast. Here we go. He's a three-time Survivor. He's uh, seen this game played just about every which way you could do it. He's a man of uh, many, many talents, and he's played with uh, not one, not two, but three of these returning favorites. Here he is, Coach Wade. Hey, Rob. You hear uh, famous of uh, survivors, Rob. <laughs> yes, Coach. How, how are you doing this morning? So uh, you know, I, I think that it's. Uh, I, I love kicking off this season with you because I like to uh, start things off with a bang, and uh, we're going to have a good time today. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yes, we certainly will, uh, Coach. So yeah, very excited to talk to you. Now, are you planning any exercise for this podcast today? You know, I am not on a treadmill running. I am looking out a uh, huge window over the uh, over the mountains of of uh, the Sierra Nevadas, and it is inspiring me a little bit to do some coaching. Um, so I might be doing a little bit of that. If you hear a hum on the other line, or if the phone drops and you get no response, you'll know that I'm in the midst of a meditative practice of ancient. Chinese arts. <laughs> very good, very good. So, Coach, since the last time we saw you on Survivor South Pacific, I know you've had a couple of life updates. Now, did you get married? Was that after the show, or that was uh, around the time of South Pacific? Yeah. So, actually, we have not had like a ceremony. We just simply we're gonna do we're gonna have an official wedding ceremony this summer. Okay, you got um, engaged. Yeah, I got, 
no, no. Well, I mean, we we just we went and just had like this private uh, service, no honeymoon, nothing like that. Just really simple. We wanted to get married, got married on New Year's Eve, uh, but then we want to have a big wedding uh, celebration this July. Oh, that's awesome! And you also yeah. have a a new addition that you are a dad. That's exactly right. Yep, yep. Uh, I've got a little boy. He's uh, he's going to be four February twenty uh, eighth. So his birthday's coming up. He's awesome. Uh, you know, being a full time dad and husband is something that I never really, uh, I oh, never really thought was going to happen. Yeah, your son is full. I thought you had a new baby. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, coach, no, I'm no. sorry. That's okay. No worries. No worries. A coach, I'm blowing it already in the new season. <laughs> That's all right. We're just getting warmed up, man. We'll we'll rock and roll here in a little bit. Okay, good. Well, thank you for correcting me. We'll get this all up to date. And so, uh, Coach, let's let's get it. So we have Survivor. It's fans versus favorites, too. Uh, they brought back all these people. Were you excited to see these players come back? Yes, I, I'm. I'm excited for this season for a lot of reasons. I like the fans' favorites format. I mean, obviously, it was one of their uh, best seasons. Most people say, you know, it's in the top uh, top five all time Survivor seasons. And so, I really uh, was excited about the format. I love the fact mixing uh, new players and returning players. I think it's a good format. You know, when you get an all-star cast, sometimes it's a little bit, you know, it's a, it's a little bit, it, there's a little bit too much gameplay that happens right off the bat. I know that just from watching it and also playing it, that it just is a little bit too aggressive right off the bat. And, uh, you know, you don't get to see the new characters. You have preconceived notions of the returning player. So a fan's favorite gives you a really good mix of new and old and so i like that and then of course you know when they started talking about the you know the 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 cast that was coming back it was just exciting not only playing with uh with with several of them like you said three but also having met uh most of the most of the cast it's just really cool to to see all these you know familiar faces coming back i've met eric I, i love eric uh you know and andrea and philip and and so it's good i'm really looking forward to the season yeah, and what's great to talk to somebody like you with so much Survivor experience under your belt is that you've played the game with just fans. You've played the game on a tribe of all returning players. And then you also have the experience in South Pacific where you're playing the game as a returning player with people who have never played the game before. So you've got this whole season covered, Coach. <laughs> That's true. I have uh, all those circumstances. Yeah. Okay. So... uh I don't know, where do we even want to start with, with this season? I guess, uh, let, let's start with the top here, with uh, Francesca. Coach, if you were on this season, would you have voted somebody out first who had already been voted out first again, Coach? Could you have done that to somebody? You know, I mean, I think that, you know, Francesca's journey is going to go one of two ways as far as being a poignant part of the storyline. Um, and that is she's going to go all the way to the end or pretty close to it, or she's going to get voted out first. And I know I'm not answering your question, but I will answer the question in a minute after I give a little bit of my, you know, background and, and thoughts and theories on it. And so, you know, I, I would have liked to seen her gone. I mean, I would have liked to seen her gone a, a, a long way. You can be a jerk and say, Oh yeah, this is great. You know, she got, you know, voted out first twice, but man, that's hard for somebody. I mean, you know, you and I have both met survivor contestants that got voted out first, and that's hard, man. That's the one thing that you do not want to do. And to have her be the first person, you know, in the history of Survivor to be voted off twice first, it, you know, it must be psychologically. That must not be 
You know, I don't know if she's in a good place. I hope she is. Personally, I like her. I like her when she was on her first season. I saw her and I was like, wow, you know, she's intelligent. She's really not making any bonehead moves if it wouldn't have been for Phillip's blow up in the beginning of, you know, her first season with, with Boston Rob and Phillip. I think she would have done really well because she seemed intelligent, didn't seem to be affected too much by the survival conditions itself. But anyway, so she got the raw deal. What I've done it when I was out there, um, you know, she's the kind of player that would be, to me, she's the kind of player that would be like a sweeper player. She would be like an Edna or she would be, um, who else can I think about? You know, those players that are, are probably not going to be at the forefront, not going to be, you know, calling the shots. And so she's a great player to, to take along and say, hey, you know, you be loyal to me. I'm going to be loyal to you. She's, she'll be fearful of being voted out the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I think she would have been a good person to, to keep in your fold and to keep faithful and to, and to be loyal to, you know, for a certain time, not play the entire game with her. Maybe I, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I think it was it was it was unfortunate, but again, it's probably better that she got voted out first than to have her go and get voted out somewhere in the middle. You know, because then her story would have just been like, okay, she's just another player. At least now she has some notoriety of being the first person <laughs> right, voted out right. twice on the first she time. Can own it. But coach, should we be surprised? I mean, wouldn't this be like if they brought you back and say, I know she didn't get voted out first, but let's say they brought back you on a season and they brought back Christine from Survivor South Pacific, somebody who, you know, did not care for you. Well, maybe she did more so on in real life, but on the show, it seemed like she did not want you around. She wanted to get rid of you. And you said, I got to get rid of her because she wants to get rid of me. If they brought you back on another season and they said, and they brought her back. Uh, just like Francesca and Philip, wouldn't you on the first vote say, hey, I got to get rid of this person who doesn't like me? Yes. And, and being put in those shoes, I, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, all bets and all, all bets are off when you go head to head with somebody. You know, and that's a, it's a pretty desperate situation out there. If you haven't played the game, you don't really understand what it's like to become a target. Um, but it really, you know, gets you paranoid to hear your name talked about. And you'll do anything to try to, to try to stick and claw your way in the game. Yeah, I got to ask you about these people that you played with, uh, because two of them I think factored really, uh, real, it's really to a big degree in what happened uh, the other night. Because the way, from what I was seeing, it looked like there were four people on one side, four people on another side. And it was Dawn and Cochran who looked to be the swing votes who ultimately voted with the Philip and Andrea and Malcolm and Corinne side, uh, even though the Francesca side thought they were with them. And I was, you know, I'm not shocked to see that from Cochran, but I've been saying I've been very shocked to see this kind of gameplay from Dawn. Uh, Were you as shocked as I was? I I was not shocked because I think that, you know, look at the pre-interviews and, and what, are the, what do all the contestants say? Hey, you know, I'm out here a second time. I'm going to right the wrongs of the first season and I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, uh, realize my mistakes and do better and go out there and actually win. In fact, the only person that didn't say that, which I thought was really cool and really refreshing, was Eric. You know, Eric's like, and that's why I really like Eric. Eric's just like, well, you know what? You know, I'm going to go out there and just, you know, play the game and, and play hard. And, of course, now he's in the minority, which might say that he's not really a good survivor player, but it was refreshing to see him say, Hey, I'm going to go out here for the experience and just enjoy it. And so that was cool to see. I, I, I was not surprised with Don I mean, Don, you know, Don, what you didn't see in our, 
um, journey through Survivor 23 South Pacific is that the people that were on the out for so long, I mean, you know, once Copper and Flip, you know, it was like a pagong, just boom, 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 even though there was some drama in the intermediary uh, episodes, it really was a no-brainer. They were all going home, but they did a lot of scrambling. And again, like I said, you know, when you think that you're on the chopping block or when you're out there so desperately trying to make it to the next round and so desperately trying to make it into the better alliance, you're going to do anything that, that you can to make that happen. And so it didn't surprise me about Dawn. I think that she's a good player. I think she's a good social player. She works hard. Um, and I like her. You know, if, if I would have started the game with Dawn in my last one, I think it would have been, it would have been totally different. But no, you do what you, what you have to do. And on a, on a second time around, unless you have very strong character and you say, I'm going to play this game totally straight up, you know, it's hard to do that because you want to try to go out there and lie and cheat and steal and all that other kind of stuff when you're going out there for a second and third time. It takes a very strong character, Dragon Slayer, to go out there and say, I'm going to play the way I'm going to play no matter what and no matter, you know, when I get voted off. Yeah, I think Dawn could just be especially dangerous here along the way because her reputation is just, oh, Dawn is the nicest person. Dawn's not going to screw me over. Dawn's not going to lie to me. But, you know, thinking about it, you know, there was the time when, you know, her and Cochran and Jim Rice and uh, whoever else was there, you know, they did, you know, vote out Elise. They blindsided her and didn't tell Ozzy what was going on. So she does have that uh, capability to be able to do that but that's just not how we perceive dawn and we just say oh dawn's not going to lie to me uh, you know you, you bring up a good point and it shows why uh you are big time rob and Thank why you, you are so popular and well liked because you're a student of the game i totally forgot about that and i'm sure most people that are out there playing totally forgot about that as well because she ended you know you don't think about where they start you think about how they end and because she ended kind of as a martyr and she was really skinny and she was you know, sick and, and she just kind of got boned out and it was very sad. That's what we remember, but you're absolutely right. You know, in the beginning, she was out there wheeling and dealing and scheming just like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Coach, is it unfair for Dawn and Cochran to both be back? I mean, they were allies in their first game. There's nobody else here. I mean, other than you could say Philip and Andrea, but they weren't ever true allies. I mean, maybe they did, they did have a, a relationship, and we can talk about whether that's fair or not, too. But, I mean, it seems like Dawn and Cochran, they were on the same. They were both on Sabai to start with. They were close throughout the whole game, other than when Cochran made the move that Dawn didn't ultimately agree with, but even though she knew about it ahead of time. I mean, it does seem like they are a twosome to start. You know, uh, is it fair? Is it not fair? I mean, you know, is it fair for Francesca to be paired out there with Philip? I mean, you know, the game of Survivor is not fair. Mm-hmm. And I played, you know, in uh, Heroes Villains, I played with Tyson. Yeah. And uh, we were, of course, on the same tribe, very uh, smart, you know, uh, alliance-wise. And I thought, you know, well, it certainly didn't do us any good, uh, you know, for us to get voted out when we got voted out. And so it didn't really work as an advantage or a disadvantage. I think you could play the argument for both. It could be an advantage because, of course, they've played together and they have strategized together. So they come in with a built-in alliance. But at the same time, it's like when you see two people sleeping together that are, you know, having a showmance, you immediately want to target those people because you know that they are um, together and you know that they're in an alliance. And you always want to target the two people that you think are in an alliance, you just don't usually know it until it's too late when you're out there, unless it's a showman. So I, I think it could be 
looked at as, a, as an advantage or a disadvantage. Coach, are you saying that you had a showmance with Tyson? <laughs> I've, I've always loved Tyson. I've always been in love with him. That's no question about that. He is awesome. Not necessarily a showman, but it certainly was a romance, just like with Boston Rob. I mean, man, you know, as heroes and villains, I was in heaven because I had, you know, Jerry was there, and then, you know, Boston Rob and Tyson were there, and I was, like, in heaven until I got I got voted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, and we will have a lot to talk about with Boston Rob when we get to Philip and the, the BR rules and how many of those you, you picked up. But let, let's uh, jump to Cochran here a little bit. What have you made of Cochran's performance here do you feel like Cochran has taken his game up a level from the time that you played with him you know my biggest fear with Cochran is that he would go out there and he would be the oddball that he wouldn't be able to you know do well in challenges and that he would get voted off pretty quick also you know if they say well he's coming in as a flipper we don't want to flip her around and so that was that was my biggest fear is that he would be on the bottom in the beginning and he wouldn't be able to, to come out of it and I think you know he was a little bit on the bottom for, you know, maybe half a day or a day, uh, sunburn and, and awkward and that kind of stuff. But but he's smart, and, you know, he's not going to be played a fool twice. So I'm happy to see that he's not on the bottom and that he's out there really using his mind because I get it. You know, when, when you're out there, it was kind of like that with me and Boston Rob. I mean, Boston Rob had, had so much time before he had played last till this time. And at that time, nobody had been back three times, so we didn't know you know, just who was going to be on that, that, you know, heroes villains. There was kind of like this unwritten rule in our mind that, you know, for an all-star, you would only have somebody that had played once. We didn't know if they were going to come back three times. Stupid. But it was kind of like in our mind. And so, you know, to see Boston Rob out there, it was like, holy cow. And you do kind of lose your mind a little bit in your senses uh, because you're just so starstruck. So I can imagine that that was, you know, a little bit of what was going on with Cochran when he was out there, just starstruck with the game itself, uh, maybe starstruck a little bit with me, um, not, you know, not patting myself on the back, but maybe that's why he did flip and emerge because Ozzy was treating him like crap. And, you know, I had a warm, you know, hug and, you know, blanket and place for him in the shelter and, you know, let's play this game together. So I think that, uh, you know, I think that he had a little bit of that his first time. That's gone. He's there to play. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what kind of uh, strategies he comes up with. Hopefully he doesn't get, uh, you know, tripped up by trying to be too aggressive because we've seen that, you know, we've seen people do that to go out there and say, Oh, I'm going to be so aggressive and I'm going to have so many alliances and I'm going to, you know, play so hardcore and then they end up getting voted out. So that's never a good thing. I hope he doesn't, I just hope he doesn't get too aggressive that he stays with himself. Whether it's strategic or not, do you think there's something to that, you just look at Cochran and whether it's sunburn or whether people are bullying him, is there something about him that you just feel bad for him and that you want that you want to try and, and help him that you never look at him as somebody that we got to get rid of him? You know, I mean, the, the only reason why you would look at him and say, we've got to get rid of him is if you, you know, thought that he was a disability to your alliance or, your tribe to keep them strong and to have, you know, the stronger player. That's obviously, you know, one of the first rules of survivor team strategy is to, you know, get a good alliance. After you get a good alliance, then you keep strong people around to win challenges to go numbers up and emerge. So if he's a liability for that, you know, that's one thing where he would become a target. I think after the merge, if he can make it to the merge, people will be thinking about the flip. Um, 
So I think that's going to be in their mind. So I don't know. I mean, I guess physically you look at him and you don't think that he's going to be a target. But then on the other hand, you look at history and you think, well, you know, he probably should be a target. Yeah. Very interesting to see uh, what's going to, because they didn't even, you know, Cochran, they didn't even mention him as, you know, somebody who's going to hold them back in the challenges. I mean, they were lucky that he didn't have to do a big part of the challenge, but I mean, his feet have expanded to like twice their normal size. It's a miracle that he could even fit them in shoes right now. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's true. You know, and and again, when I saw that, I thought could very well be, you know, his demise, but again, he, he survived through it. And now, you know, we'll see where he strategically puts himself in the next few challenges. Or you never know, he might surprise all of us. And, you know, he he might be that guy, you know, winning individual immunity that he makes it to the Lord. You just never know. You know. I mean, I know for me, when I went out there the first time and I watched myself on television and I just thought, you know, I trained totally wrong to go out there. And I just thought, wow, I really was bad in challenges. So that was one of the things that I made sure when I knew I was going on Heroes and Villains, you know, Frog March and Colby in the very first few minutes of the season that, you know, I need to go out there and pick up my game. And so I train totally different. Maybe Cochran's done that. We don't know yet because of his uh, walrus size feet. Hopefully they'll, the swelling will go down. And he'll be able to <laughs> persevere and get out there and show us that he's a man in challenges. So coach, you're saying that you think that Cochran's preparation for the season was wrong the first time. And you think that maybe he might have improved on his physical preparation the second time? If it's anything like me, the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. We'll have to give, hear from Cochran in a couple of months uh, what his physical preparation was between the season. I'm sure exactly. it was probably, you right. know, probably very impressive the whole way through. So, exactly. you know, you talked about uh, the wrestling Colby in that first challenge. Were you getting flashbacks to heroes versus villains to have a physical competition to like a basically like a wrestling match to start the season? Because, coach, I have to tell you, if I was ever brought back on Survivor, this would be my worst nightmare to go ahead and have a. A, you know, basically a battle royal with other survivors who I'm sure would like to beat me up to start the game. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, you know, because when you, go, you know, when you go out there anyway, you you really want to just kind of get used to your tribe and start making alliances and start getting your shelter set up. And so when you get up, you know, when you get off the helicopter or when you get on the beach or whatever, and all of a sudden you're doing a challenge and especially a physical challenge, you know, it's really nerve wracking. I was scared to death you know, that day he was in villain when we got off the beach and, you know, here we are doing a really, really physical challenge. I didn't know how I was going to stack up. You can train all you want to, but you might go out there and just completely lay an egg. And uh, so, you know, it's definitely nerve wracking. Even going up against Ozzy when I did, you know, that time, it's just like great, you know, going up against one of the best challenge competitors of all time. And here's me, you know, with a week's notice to go out there. And, you know, I didn't train like I should have for that time just because I didn't have any, any notice. I was, you know, my training for that one was down in Cold Stone ice cream and eating uh, Philly, you know, foot long sub sandwiches. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I also, it was crazy. I, I was like, before I went out on that last one, something happened with my mind. They called me a week before, you know, said, can you do it? I rearranged my schedule, went out there and do it. And all of a sudden, I just started like pigging out. It was mm-hmm. crazy. And I was like kind of joking. Oh, you know, hey, I'm eating this uh, 12-foot sub. And, you know, it's like just cramming my my stomach with as much food as possible and not, not training like I should have. But yeah, I mean, it's really nerve wracking to go out there and on the first day have a challenge, especially when it's, you know, the most physical 
and you know that people are gunning for you. But isn't that the the veteran move to do where the first time you go on Survivor, it's like, oh, hey, I got to do sit-ups, I got to do crunches, I got to look good with my shirt off because I'm going to be out there. But then you see, like, the people, the veterans, when they, and maybe it's because they got older in between <laughs> by the third time they come back. But isn't that the veteran move where you see a guy like a Boston Rob, you know, really bulk up before coming back on the show? I mean, look at wh- what you look like by the end of your first season – uh, as opposed to, you know, you still had some, there was still a coach there on day 39. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I don't know about it being a veteran move. I think that, you know, obviously you want to load up, you know, before you go out there, if you've played it before, you know, the punishment that your body's going to go through, but there's that other, you know, there's that other uh, very vain aspect of our personalities. that's like, well, I want to go out there and look really good. Just like you said, I want to go out there and the first day I take off my shirt, you know, the first time I played, it was like, yeah, I want to take off my shirt. And I want, you know, the, for a few ladies in America to say, oh, yeah, wow, look at that guy. He's, he's kind of hot. Um, you know, the you know the the last couple of times I went out there, you're thinking, you know, I don't want people to, like, take off my shirt. And people are going, ooh, you know, gross, something like that. And so it, it is, <laughs> there, there's that pain, that, that pain aspect of it. Oh, yeah. When I saw myself on... 23 i was like what the hell is that tire around my midsection for man that's crazy i was like whoa i've gained a few pounds there anyway but uh you know so i think i actually think it has more to do with the fact that when you go out there and you're in starvation mode your metabolism doesn't know what it's doing and when you play it multiple times like right now my my metabolism is probably that of a 70 year old man because you know i eat food my body says you're not going to have food tomorrow my mind says you're not going to have food tomorrow I want to pack it away. And so I have a tendency to overeat and, mm-hmm. you know, eat a lot of sweets and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I work out like crazy, so I don't get, you know, too big. So I don't know, maybe it's a veteran move. Maybe, you know, I mean, a person like Boston Rob, he doesn't need to go out there. You know, what's going to impress us about Boston Rob? He's a great athlete. He's got a great sharp mind. He's uh, really good at puzzles. He's like the total package. You can use people and make them feel special. So, I mean, the guy like him, that's what we're going to be impressed with. He knows that he's not going to take off his shirt the first day. But he's going to be like, oh, yeah, Boston Bob, you hot, man. So he doesn't really have to worry about that. But I guarantee you that if somebody like Tyson went out there again, what's he going to do? He's going to go out there, rip, lean, and, you know, ready for fighting action. And he wants that first day taken off his shirt for people to go, oh, snap. You know, same as Malcolm, you know, same as other people like that. I think it just kind of goes with, you know, what you want your perception to be when you go out there. And, you know, if you're married and have kids, you know, you probably don't give a rip as much as if you're single and trying to be that icon of beauty and Greek god and goddess uh, type stature like Malcolm, I'm sure, when he went out there this last time, probably checked himself in the mirror maybe 50, 60 times a day uh, doing sit-ups and crunches and putting his hair just right. I get it. I'm not, I'm not slamming him for that. Hey, all the ladies love him. It's in his head, you know, and I think that uh, – that's now going to be a part of his MO. Anyway, well, for Malcolm, forget taking off his shirt. He's taking off his pants, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he definitely wants to do that sex symbol. And, you know, hey, who can blame him? He's a good-looking guy, and, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm jealous. There's another long-haired guy come out there. Yeah, I was going to say, Coach, I, I think you, you seem to have a thing for these long-haired guys between Eric and Malcolm and Tyson. These are This is uh, the, the coach uh, archetype. I, I guess so. You know, I never thought it, but maybe I'm secretly trying to live vicariously through those guys and their <laughs> endeavors and their physiques. Because you know, man, I'm 41 now. I'm like halfway through my life, at least. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so I want to talk to you a lot about Philip because Philip is somebody that you have been compared to and he has been compared to you and vice versa. And so, you know, we really thought you coming into your fir- into your third season, into South Pacific, we, we had a little bit of a different you had a different reputation, I think. And tell me if, if you agree or disagree with what I'm saying. But the reputation of you coming into South Pacific is that, oh, coach, he's wacky. And he tells and he tells all these stories and he gets on people's nerves sometimes and he does all of these. You know, he's going to do the coach Chi and, and going to do a lot of, you know, kooky stuff out there, which we saw a lot of in your first season and in Heroes versus Villains. But then come South Pacific, we didn't see as much of that stuff. And we saw a lot of kooky stuff from Philip the first time around, and we expected, okay, here comes more of the same, and we're expecting Philip to come into the game and play a similar game to what he played in his first time around. And it seems like we see an evolution to Philip, not unlike the evolution of Coach that we saw between Heroes versus Villains and South Pacific. Well, you, uh, I will just. If you would rephrase the question, Your Honor, or possibly start your opening argument in a different vein, you do not compare um, Bach to Tchaikovsky because Bach was the original. Tchaikovsky came 200 years later. You don't say that Plato certainly uh, emulates Michelangelo because Michelangelo came uh, 700 years later. So you cannot compare Coach to Philip. You must compare Philip to Coach. Duly noted. I was the original. Now, that being said, um, Philip is an original. He, a lot of people said that he ripped off my shtick. Um, if he did, you know, in, in, imitation is the finest form of flattery. I love it if he ripped off my shtick. I think that uh, I, I think that you will see crazy with Philip this this year because you know that's what all the promos are like. I don't think that he's crazy. I think that he's a very unique guy. I think that he's got um, you know an amazing character that he crafted that first time, and. Uh, I would like to kind of see him stick with it, but I would imagine that like most of us, he looks at that first time and says, well, I'm going to break out of the mold and come and do something different. Uh, and if that's what he does, more power to him. Um, you know, for me, I did, I mean, for me, I just did three different times and we've talked about this before, but I mean, I did three different times, three totally different ways. I went out there and said, this is what I'm going to do. And I did it all three times. And I feel really fortunate to have done that when there's so many variables out there, you know, you go out the first time and tell him be one of the biggest characters to ever be on survivor. And you do that and you craft your image. And then the next time you want to go out there and show people that you're a human being and that you're a sensitive guy. And, well, you know, geez, I broke down up there and, you know, balling like a baby. And I certainly showed that part probably a little bit too much. And then, you know, the last time I said, well, you know, I'm just going to be how I am in my everyday life. And I'm going to go out there and try to own the game and try to show the fans that, hey, you know, I can actually play the game. So Philip is smart. Philip is, when you meet him and uh, he smiles and, you know, in his everyday life, he, he, he is engaging. And that's kind of the thing about Survivor, that when you go on on Survivor, um, you know, really your personality in real life sometimes doesn't translate to being out there. You know, I, I struggled with, hey, I, I'm a leader in real life. Why am I not a leader out here? Philip, I'm sure, thought I'm very charming in real life. Why am I not charming out here? So we all kind of struggle with that. And, and real life personality success does not necessarily translate to survivor life personality trait success. 
Now, the common denominator for me with both of you guys, in between the time that I feel like we saw the biggest transformation, I feel like with you from Heroes versus Villains to South Pacific, and obviously Phillips only played the game once, is that you both shared an experience with a certain man from Boston. Now, Philip quoted the BR rules. Now, were, did you were you aware of the BR rules? Uh, and- oh, yeah. Did those oh, impact yeah. your gameplay in South Pacific? Because from an outside observer, I think you certainly did follow the BR rules in South Pacific, which were, as Philip said, rule number one, make an alliance. Rule number two, uh, make an alliance within the alliance. And rule number three, get rid of your alliance before they get rid of you. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about it in those terms, actually. But it's, that's very smart, and that's great. You know, that's a great play. The only thing that I was thinking about is that I was just thinking that you know, if you make an alliance of five and you stick to it, then it's going to be unbreakable. I was thinking more, actually, you know, what influenced me on my um, season 23 was just my first experience. And just from, you know, you know, the first two, I mean, the first time I went out there, I made an alliance, but it wasn't very good. It wasn't very shaky because I was doing too much crazy stuff. And so I didn't instill that loyalty in that group of people. And when we got to the merge numbers up, you know, six to you know, basically six to three at one point, we were eliminated all of ourselves and the Timbera tribe was no longer at the end. And there was the three Jalapal that made it to the final three. Um, is that right? No, I'm sorry. Aaron was one. But, I'm, I'm, but anyway, but you know, we, we had that shift. And so we lost our numbers edge. The second time I went in, I didn't make a fast alliance. I tried to play in the middle, um, you know, with Jerry and I, we were kind of swing votes. And then that burned me in the end as well. So I guess my thought was, hey, I want to go out there and I want to get a five. And I want to be loyal to that five. And I want to preach to them every day that there's safety in this awareness of five. And this is the people that we're going to go to the end with. And we're not going to deviate. As much as I wanted to keep talking and ending around, I knew that if I did that, then everything that I had preached from day one, hey, make a final five, make a five, stick together don't you know turn on each other at any point in time when we get to the final five then the gloves are off and we can do whatever we want to and like boston Hobbs said and phillips said make an alliance within the alliance which i had done quite well and so i guess that you know when i i mean boston rob is one of the greatest players of all time there's no question about that i have an immense amount of respect for him and how he plays the game and uh, just him as an individual and um, with Philip as well, I have respect for him. I have respect for his values of, of entertainment on TV. And, I, you know, I think that when people saw Heroes and Villains and they saw me being really sensitive and not necessarily the coach of token genes, I think people were disappointed a little bit. You know, they want to see that. Do we want to see Russell come out there and be, hey, guys, you know what? I'm going to play with honor and integrity. No, we don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, we're brought back right. for a certain way. And that was one of the things with Boston Rob, even though twice he failed pretty miserably and didn't make it to the merge uh, to the jury or whatever. I, I'm pretty sure. And then the other two times he did really, really well with him. It's kind of, it's going to be all or nothing, but he has not changed his game. It's always been the same kind of way to go out there. Um, so I think from a fan's perspective, from a cast perspective, yeah, we want to change how we play and our image and everything else from a fan's perspective. They just want to see the batshit crazy coach and batshit crazy Philip. Um, you know, the ownage of Boston Rob, the intelligence of Rob Sestrinino, the physique of Tyson, the quirky, you know, outcast mentality of Cochran, mm-hmm. the martyrdom of Don. I mean, I could just go, you just throw me a name and I'll throw out, you know, a different way that they're perceived. Speaking of the different way people are perceived, did you notice any change, Coach, in your old friend Brandon Hance uh, in the show this week, coming back a second time? 
Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Brandon, it was funny because I was doing a search this morning, just looking at up stuff, you know, survivor ratings and different things like that. And I saw this one article that said, Jeff Probst says that Brandon Hans is mentally stable enough to go back on Survivor, something like that. Yeah, um, and, and, and that was interesting because you know, anytime that uh, somebody's out there saying I am not a serial killer, uh, well, anyway, it was uh, pretty crazy. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I just uh, all right. So the tattoos, really interesting. Um, He's such, I mean, I just feel like he's such a great, he's just such a great kid. And he's just got this inner conflict. I said it when I was out there and I just am really, I'm just really pulling for him. Okay. I mean, obviously, you know, when he went out there the first time, I really appreciated playing with him. I appreciated his loyalty. I appreciated his absolute honesty. And, um, you know, he's going out a second time and saying that he wants to change all that and he wants to go out there and, and uh, you know, kind of throw that out the window and more power to him. Uh, I, I feel like maybe he's gotten a little bit more unstable just because, you know, the game does that to you. And when you go out there and you're made a fool of the first time, you say to yourself, I'm going to do whatever it takes to not be made that fool. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Again, there's only a couple of ways that this storyline can go and he can completely redeem himself and do something that his uncle Russell has never done. And that's go all the way to the end and win it. Um, he's obviously not the first out, but that really wouldn't be his story either, or he's going to just go absolute loony tunes out there. And that's really one of two ways uh, that his story can go poignantly. Coach, tell me the truth. Should they have brought Brandon back? I definitely think that they should not have brought Brandon back yet because they need a little bit of time. He needs a little bit of time, um, you know, just to kind of like acclimate, you know, back to society. And it's like he's gone so quickly on the heels of having filmed the last one that I'm sure that there's still stuff. I mean, we saw, you know, Russell at the finale scowling at him and, you know, they're just – his family wasn't very proud of him and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there's so much pressure from this family to be big time reality stars and they are, there's no doubt about that. Um, and the more that I'm removed from Russell's game, the more appreciation that I have for the way that he plays the game uh, and that he has played the game. I think he's a great player. I think he's a one of a kind player, um, you know? And so I just think that Brandon probably, that they should have waited on that. You know, he has babies at home. I think he had a new, a new child. And, you know, that's very, that's a very volatile situation. You know, I, I, you know, it's very volatile situation for him. And I think that is going to either increase his stability drastically out there, although it doesn't look like it or incredibly decrease his stability out there. Okay, now I'm glad you brought up Russell because I want to talk about a situation that you were once in that is reminiscent of something that's going on on this season. So you played on Heroes versus Villains and you showed up on a tribe of 10 people and they said, all right, coach, here's all, the, here's all your tribe mates and here's this one guy that you've never seen before, but trust us, he was on the show last season and he was good. 
So now this season, 10 returning players come back and they say to everybody, okay, here's your tribe. Oh, by the way, here's this one guy. He's new and he's going to be part of your tribe. Now, for you guys, you I'm sure you were kicking yourself after the fact that you guys didn't want to get rid of Russell Hance. It seems like that these new players are going down that same path. They don't want to get rid of Malcolm. Uh, are they making a mistake? You know, I mean, I, I would imagine that if I were ever to be asked to go out there again in any condition, I probably would say no. I've got a family now. I just don't, I mean, I, you never say never, but I, I would say no. But if I were out there and I saw somebody out there that had never been seen before, I would cite examples like Malcolm and Russell and tell the tribe, this is what we need to do is just to vote off a newcomer. It's the easiest thing to do. It's the most logical thing to do. And I think that because it's the most logical thing to do, we don't do the what's logical. We do what's illogical. So um, it, you're right. It's a very good point. The same things happen again. And um, it's just, it's interesting. It's almost like, you know, when you watch Survivor, when you watch Survivor 23, I actually, for the first time, in my in my three tries at Survivor, I actually had people rooting for me, which was kind of an unusual thing to get from the general public where they were like, Coach, we're actually we're pulling for you, man. We didn't like you the first two times, but man, we love you this time. We're really pulling for you. And uh, because I was the underdog. And that's just like it in life. You know, nobody uh, wants to see somebody succeed all the time. And so, you know, people were really rooting for me. But then in the in the latter half of the season where I had all the power and Ozzy was on the outs with redemption and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden I became the bad guy again because I held all the cards. And so maybe that has something to do psychologically with survivors when they see that somebody's out there, doesn't know anybody kind of quote unquote, you know, not isolated, but maybe as far as alliances right off the bat, because nobody knows them they're kind of the underdogs, and so then they secretly root for them and don't want to see them get voted off, I guess. It's, 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 it's interesting. With Russell, we knew he was evil, you know, out there, but for some reason there was some part of us that really wanted to think that he was genuine and wanted us to think that, yeah, he really did get a raw deal the last time around, and that's why he's a villain. And in fairness, your tribe name in that season was the villains. These are just the favorites. So, I mean, they could say, okay, oh, Malcolm, he, oh, he's like a Colby. He's like, you know, a guy who was just, he's just like a, you know, a, a, you know, a hunky guy that people rooted for. He was good in the challenges. And so you don't necessarily have to assume that Malcolm is evil. I don't think Malcolm is an evil, he's a good player, but I don't think he's an evil player that you would have to target right off the bat like Russell. Right, right, right. I agree. All right. Now we haven't, we barely even talked about the fans. And honestly, I don't even know if there's that much to talk about about the fans, except for so far through one episode, because we didn't get to see too much of them. But they've got this uh, double date alliance here with these, uh, with these two couples. Coach, in, refresh my memory. In, in your massive survivor playing history, were you around any couples personally in any of your tribes? Um,. I mean, the only the, the only real couple that uh, you know that I played with were were, were uh, Keith and Whitney. Yeah, and were they um, still they were together? On the other tribe. Okay, they were. And by the time you guys merged, was that uh, then Keith got voted off first at the merge? Was that how that went? 
he did so for three days played and they were a couple yes okay so and coach did you uh that breaking news uh apparently keith and whitney are engaged now are you serious yes Man, I hope she doesn't go back on Survivor because that would be the disaster. Of that. So let's, let's hope that uh, they don't ask her to come back. That would be, that would be Coach, great. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how bad of an idea? Now, okay, so you were around one showmance. It ended three days later. So is that your verdict? Uh, the showmance, the bad idea on Survivor. You know, people are out there for different reasons, and and there are people that are out there. You know, hey, you know when you're. Uh, young and you're, you know, wondering, hey, man, there's a lot of good-looking people that are out there um, on the on the show. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's always that possibility, I think, as that, you know, young person, you're always looking, what if, right? Is my soulmate out there? Is always the question that you ask yourself until you find your soulmate. And so, you know, it's like, it's not really a good idea, but how can you, you know, I mean, I love Nietzsche and one of my favorite quotes from him is, um, if I can even remember it, it's, it is, um, there is always madness in love, but there is also reason in madness. I believe that's it. I, you know, when I go out on Survivor, people think, wow, this guy like this philosopher knows all these people. I just memorize a hundred quotes before I go out there, different than the last time, and make myself sound like I'm halfway intelligent. So I think that that's a quote. If I were going out on another season, I would have it at the tip of my finger, and I would be able to throw it out at you, and you'd be like, wow, this guy really has studies philosophers. Yes. Anyway, yes. Uh, so there's, you know, there, there's, 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 uh, there's reason in madness but there's madness in love, you know, something like that. And so, you know, you, there's reason to it, but there's madness and, and who's the tell of the, of the affairs of the heart, right? I mean, it just happens and it's hard to control. But what is really cool is that we've not seen, you know, the problem with the, a single couple is that they are a target immediately. But if you have two couples, then you become four. And it's very interesting. You know, I think that we'll see more of the fans as it's developed. Uh, you know, of course, right now it's like, of course, we're going to, you know, think about the favorites because we've seen them before. We're wondering how they're going to be their proven characters, right? I mean, in the fans versus favorite, in the early part, the the, the fans are are a little bit relegated, um, and we're focused on the on the on the favorites because you know them and they're a known quantity and they're good for airtime and they're going to get the sound bites and they're going to give the producers what they want for the storyline. And they don't know about the other ones, but as the other ones kind of progress and get their feet wet out there, you know, you know, the dragon Slayer wasn't the dragon Slayer episode one. It took nine episodes for that to happen, <laughs> but you get comfortable. The producers say, Ooh, I see this guy's a little bit eccentric. So we're going to push the boundaries of that eccentricity. And of course you're out there saying, Oh yeah, man, this is really cool. They love me. I mean, dragon Slayer, of course. I mean, who wouldn't want to go by that nickname who wouldn't want to go out here and talk about warriors and you know wizards and princesses i mean isn't that just normal because out here the producers are telling you that it's normal so they we haven't seen that yet with the uh favorite i mean with the fans and so as they get comfortable and as the producers see who is gold and who's not then you're going to see their characters start to emerge so i mean it's probably too early to really talk about them but i do like the idea of two showmances going on at the same time and bonding together because it could be a, a, a strong pack that they have. Yeah. In the original fans versus favorites, you had the Parvati and James plus Ozzy and Amanda, and they were able to bring one more person over in, in Suri. I know uh, we've, we know a lot of people were on Twitter. were making jokes about how the four person think they have a majority 
over the group of 10 and obviously they don't but we'll see how it all plays out but the yep, yep. you know coach i know you've only got a, a certain amount of time so i want to jump into some of these questions that came to us from our listeners on our facebook fan page if you haven't liked us yet on facebook you can go to facebook.com slash rob has a podcast so coach are you ready i'm ready all right and then coach usually you, you let me know when uh, you're running out of time, okay? Here we go. Let's okay. start start okay. to fi- start to fire away. Here we go. Let's start with a quick one. Better nickname, Hercules or the Intelligence Attaché? Um, Trevor Chong gives us that one. Intelligence Attaché. That's a nickname has to be not more than four syllables. Yeah. And the Intelligent Attaché is eight. I've got to go with Hercules. It's a good one. The only reason why I said four, four syllables, can you guess, Rob, why I said that a nickname Dragon Slayer? Four that... Thank, you. Thank you. Next question, please. Yeah, yeah I, gotta, I agree with you. I think Hercules, better nickname for uh, than intelligence attache because, I mean, calling Cochrane Hercules is like, you know, you have like a, uh, you know, the seven foot tall guy that you call tiny. It's, it's right. you know, you've right. gone against type as opposed to Philip's nickname for Cochrane, which is right on the nose. So I'll go uh, Hercules right. is the better nickname okay uh matt curran wants to know coach who from this season needs to hold on to their butt cheeks to get started (laughs) that was your famous quote from from the first episode of survivor south pacific francesca (laughs) yes she needs it's too late it's too late she should have been holding on from the beginning yeah yeah okay um how, how how about this? Uh, this is from Kurt with a K. He wants to know, can you give any advice to castaways who might have to potentially deal with Brandon Hance in the future? Uh, or if he makes the family challenge, uh, those that will have to deal with Sean Hance coming to visit. All right, we'll take this one, one at a time. All right, so does somebody need to sit Brandon down and get the prayer circle going and give him the marching orders for what's going on in the game? Mm-hmm. You cannot once once a loose cannon has been lit. There's no way to snuff out that wick to keep it from happening. You can't sit in the face of a cannon and say, "Listen, I just want to rationalize with you for you not to go off." It's not going to happen. And so, I don't really think that there's a way to rein in Brandon Hance. You know, uh, can you tell him to hey, just relax? Or if you start doing the religious part again. He's going to freak out because, you know, that's kind of what burned him the first time. Uh, if, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that the only way at this point to manage Brandon would be to sit him down and just say, listen, man, you're one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And this time out here, you're going to prove that. And you're going to outdo Russell by 10 times. Yeah. You're going to, it's your road to glory. You pave it. Let me help you pave it. And that's probably one way that you could manage him because that's really, I think that's really important to him. But that's what you did, coach. And he's almost like sort of like a, a, you know, a troubled youth and you come in and you tell Brandon, okay, Brandon, here's what's going on. Here's what the plan is. It doesn't look like anybody's doing that right now. And left to his own devices, as we saw in the preview, it looks like he's going to go bonkers. I'm not, I don't know if ice cream scooper Eric (laughs) is going to be able to keep him under, under, under control. I mean, if somebody isn't, you know, taking him under the wing and saying, Saying, hey Brandon, here's what here's what needs to happen. He he will self destruct. And so then the the question becomes: Who out there on that tribe is capable of managing him? I mean, who is capable 
of managing, you know, quote unquote, I say managing, I don't want to insult him because I think Philip is really brilliant in a lot of ways, but you know, his craziness, Boston Rob was able to handle that craziness, but how many other people could? Could Brandon I, I be Phillips not, I, Philip? No. <laughs> no. You can't throw, you know, uh, oil and water together and expect them to, you know, feed off of each other. They're going to, you know, so no, I, I don't think so. I think that there's not anybody on that tribe. Philip's dealing with his own issues, okay? Hercules is scared shitless just to make it to the next, you know, to the next day and hopefully realize that, yes, he can get a hold of this game and he can control this game if he uses his mind. And I think he's starting to see that, but he's still, you know, scared shitless. And, by, and he's not a leader, so he's not going to be able to call her Brandon and run with it. Uh, Corinne, she doesn't have time for that kind of BS. You know, Eric, certainly <laughs> Ain't nobody got personality. Time for that. No. So Phillips, you know, too wrapped up in his own uh, issues and what he wants to prove out there this time. Um, anyway, so QED there's nobody else out there that's really going to be able to do that. Do you find it interesting that your other two South Pacific buddies, Cochran and Dawn, don't seem to want to have anything to do with Brandon? <laughs> that does not surprise me in the least. Yeah. Uh, they were from the other tribe, to be fair. But, Bra- I mean, Cochran and Brandon had a relationship on South Pacific. Uh, sure. Whatever you say, man. I think that... Uh, they want to, they, they don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I think, you know, I mean, because you, you gotta be very careful who, um, who you're with out there and who you want to handle because it could easily blow up in your face. So I think they're just keeping them at arm's length. That's what I would say. Okay. This question is from Eric Uxelanin. He wants to know, does coach think Cochran will recite the DS playbook, the Dragon Slayer playbook? Now, we saw Philip talking about the returning player he played with, Boston Rob. Cochran, perhaps learned at the knee of Coach Wade on South Pacific. Will Cochran be reciting the DS playbook? <laughs> I, I would say probably not. You know, I think that uh, he's going to want to forge his own way this time, even though it would be amazing if he would quote me and say, hey, this is what Coach did, but I didn't really do anything that brilliant. I just said, hey, let's have an alliance of five, go to the end, and keep everybody in line. So I don't think there's any brilliance that he can quote from me out there. You know, but Coach, don't sell yourself short here because I I think it's it's underrated, and we talk a lot about, you know, Cochran deciding to flip. But that episode I watched where you talked to Cochran about getting him to flip, that whole, that whole you know, monologue you have about, you know, the, you, would you draw a line in the sand? And uh, the, that whole thing was pretty amazing. One of the most, uh, the best sales speeches I think I've ever heard on Survivor. So that was, that was a tremendous job you did right there, Coach. I appreciate that. I, you know. It's just been so long ago that that happened that it seems as if the glory fades into the distance <laughs> as soon as the cast is cast. And, you know, the legends like Boston Rob and all those other great players, I'll just never quite measure up to them. Coach, you played after like Boston to... Rob. No, I know that. Actually, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I say that, but, you know, um, I actually don't think very many people could have done what I did coming in. But it wasn't recognized and I didn't win. So, you know, second place is for losers. 
Huh. What well, can I say? All right. Well, this leads me into the next question. Eric Corbridge wants to know, uh, not a question, but coach, he just wanted to say that South Pacific was your greatest symphony. It's too bad that Ponderosa doesn't know the difference between a sim phony and a sophony oh i you know i don't even know what a, a sophony uh is so maybe you maybe you could explain that but um coach should should you have won south pacific i mean i don't think that there's a question about that i i i you know Sophie is Sophie. you know you have to have the social game which Sophie didn't have is that what he's doing is that uh, is a sophony is that is that what, what he's trying to say there i guess there? That must a symphony be a, that must and, be a, and a sophony yeah. okay Oh, well, you know, the thing is this. Yeah, you know, here's the thing, okay? Um, I don't want to go back on Survivor, and it's only when the final episode airs and I'm watching the jury and how happy they are to have gotten screwed up the backside and they willingly give somebody a million dollars without being bitter. I think to myself, ah, if only I would have had that jury. It, It comes down a lot to the... Uh, psyche of the people on the jury in terms of who's going to win the game. And I, I say that with, with all due respect, um, you know, Boston Rob's jury, they were like, and, and I, you know, okay, people are complaining, you know, honor, integrity, et cetera, et cetera. And I wish I hadn't used those words the last three weeks I was out there either. But, you know, it's like, that's me. That's how I did play. I tried to play as honorably as possible. And, um, you know, but the jury gets better. Or they just are like, hey, you know what? We got duped. And we're going to give this guy a million dollars. Boston Rob had a great jury. Um, the season after that was mine. Bitter jury. I, I mean, think about it. I've got a, a, a dope dealer, Jim. Right? I mean, he's a dope dealer. I think he has uh, a license. To be fair. No, uh, hold on a second, man. I got to. Don't stop me, man. I'm already going to go for it. Go for it. Right, some golden eggs. You know, Kevin uh, <laughs> no. Ke- Whit- Whitney, adulterers, and you know, whatever. I mean, uh, that's like okay. So let's discount them. You've got Ozzy, who's you know. Uh, great waiter. I think he's very skilled at what he does, um, putting together card tricks and that kind of stuff. He's awesome at that. Um, and he's a total narcissistic, et cetera, et cetera. Brandon, totally loopy. Uh, as we will see the lack of his mental stability on this one here. Uh, you know, Dawn was sick and checked out and she barely even asked a question at tribal. So if you look at those members of the jury, how am I going to win? How in the world am I going to be able to convince that kind of a jury? as to why I should get a million dollars. It's not going to happen. Then you watch the jury after me, not bitter, you know, both do the right thing. Uh, and so, you know, you see that enough times and you say to yourself, well, the bitterness of the jury with the last couple of people voted out, you know, that kind of permeates the entire uh, way that the, that the jury's going to vote. So do I think I should have won? Well, of course. But if you ask Sophie, should she have won? She would have said yes. And if you ask Albert, should he have won? He would have said yes. And like any good survivor out there, they're going to say, I should have won. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I played the best game. I played from start to finish the best game, and uh, it just wasn't in the card. So that means that the accomplishments that I had out there are decreased and lessened. And when somebody out there keeping far between says, hey, you played a great game in, you know, season 23, you flipped Copper, Copper and that was a great episode, da 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 Yeah, it was, but, you know, can't dwell on those things got to dwell on the future well on the future coach i really i think you had a no-win situation in that spot there because you know you had you had all these people that you could have gone to the end with and i understand why why you did what you did because you got ozzy coming like a freight train coming back from redemption island and you want to keep sophie and albert around because you feel like hey 
I got to, you know, keep, you know, somebody's got to beat Ozzy and I have a better chance that some, somebody's going to beat Ozzy in that last immunity because if Ozzy gets right, to the right. end, you got all those Savai people on the jury and they're going to vote, uh, they're going to vote for you. So, but at the same time, then you get, you, you get rid of Ozzy, but then the jury has other people that they possibly could vote for as opposed to when Boston Rob took Philip and Natalie to the end. Nobody could have even written any of their names down because that there was sure. no way they, they could have given any of them the money and, you know, been, you know, anybody looked at them with a straight face ever again. So it so was true. tough. Yeah. It was a tough spot for you, coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay. So how about, how about this? Uh, Chris Madison wants to know, coach, as something of a philosophy student yourself, as you mentioned, uh, what did you make of Philip comparing himself to Machiavelli during the show when he was talking about getting rid of Francesca? Now, coach, I know you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be annoyed. Now, Philip is, is quoting, philosophers on the show <laughs> all right so he is he is stealing my stick let's just face <laughs> it okay that's just the gloves are off philip i forgot about that that's it philip the gloves are off stop <laughs> ripping me off so anyway uh that's funny hey again uh imitating is the finest form of flattery so thanks philip i appreciate you wanting to go out there and, and emulate what i've carved and ways of path before you so let's do uh let's do one more question and then i gotta go okay uh so how about a let me go with a uh how about, i'll go with a, a serious one uh uh mark o'callaghan jr must know do you think it's easier for a returning player to go on a season with where it's only two or three returning players or a season like all stars or fans versus favorites where you are with all other returning players yeah without a without a question you know um you know, coach's rule of survivor 305 is this. When you go out there for the first time, you are interested in making friends, in bonding with people, in making alliances, in building shelter, in finding food. And that's what you're concerned about. When you go back, and so when you, so in other words, when you play with just two or three returning players and the rest is a brand new cast, it becomes enjoyable again. And you do have the upper hand because of your experience. When you go out there with all returning players, they are so serious about ripping your head off and stuffing it down your throat and making as many alliances as possible and playing the game as hard as they can from day one. Um, then that is, uh, it's really difficult to play that way. You know, the heroes and villains was my least favorite, uh, survivor, whether it was because I was on the villains tribe, whether it was just because I just didn't get felt a good deck of hands with Tyson voting himself off and me in the middle and just flipping over to Russell's side and that unknown quantity, you know, whether it was that or just because people just really didn't care about making true friendships out there. It was uh, not one of my favorite seasons. All right, here it's Coach Wade. Uh, you know, he's, Philip isn't the only one with a uh, book out. If you want to check out some of Coach's adventures in uh, Coach's book, No Turning Back, uh, you can get that book on Amazon. Go to the link, robasawebsite.com slash dragonslayer. How about that, Coach? I love it. Yeah. Uh, who's, whose book is better, yours or Philip's book? <laughs> well, Philip's book is on order, so I have to read it first. Yes. Um, but, of course, you know, I mean, mine is based on a true story, and they were based on, on, uh, on fantasy. So I don't know. I mean, he might have a great book. It might be – I'm actually really looking forward to reading it. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who's got a better cover. 
he's got a better cover than me, man. Yeah. That cover that he's got <laughs> is an awesome cover, man. He looks handsome and and uh, sharp, and man, that's a, that's a cool cover. I told him that when yeah. I saw that. I'm holding your book, so and awesome. and they've they don't have a good picture of you. They need like they they have like the young picture of you from when you did it. We need like the nice uh the nice like a uh, headshot right on the front, like Philip's book. There you go. I know. I wish I had that. I don't think I'm as photogenic as Philip. When I saw that picture, I was like, damn, this guy looks good. Yeah, yeah he does look good on that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Coach, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate all the time and uh, have, a, have a great symphony tonight. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Rob. All right. Take care, Coach. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Coach Wade, uh, the author of uh, No Turning Back and the three-time Survivor player. And speaking of Philip's book, if you want to check out Philip's new novel, that's also available on Amazon. You can uh, go ahead and read The Specialist, colon, The Costa Rica Job, uh, and you can get that also on Amazon. If you go to our link, robhasawebsite.com slash specialist. So now for you guys, we have a special treat. We're being joined here by the first lady of podcasting. You've been asking for her. Here she is. It's Nicole Sesternino. Nicole, how are you? Nicole, welcome back to the first episode of the new season of Rob is a Podcast. It feels so good to be back. Yes, season number seven back together. Oh, for us? For uh, yes, for season for seven. Yes, it's twenty six for the show. But you and I have been podcasting since Heroes versus seven Villains. Seasons, wowzer! Yes, the seven seasons. So mm-hmm. how do you like that, Nicole? It's crazy. Yeah. So we're still doing good. Yeah, we're still going strong. Still hanging in there. Yeah. Yeah. We took we, a break. We t- uh, you took a break. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and again, not from our relationship, not oh, like a Ross and oh, Rachel oh, type oh, of break. Oh, okay. Why is that what you were talking about? <laughs> All right. I I don't even know what you're talking about. What what I do know about is this podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Audible, who have been uh, great friends of Robin's podcast uh, over the last couple of months. And I do. I love audiobooks. And everybody knows that because audiobooks are much better because reading is boring. Yes. But audiobooks are fun because you can do other stuff. You'll be walking. And if you're ADD, audiobooks are the, the best way to read. Yes. I used to make fun of you for listening to audiobooks, but I have recently um, taken a, a different approach to that. Yes. You've realized, <laughs> as in many things, that you know that I am right. No, not really. Just this one thing. Audible is the internet's best place to be getting audiobooks because the subscription to Audible is going to be cheaper. If you're listening to one audiobook a month, it's going to be cheaper than going on iTunes for whatever audiobook you're going to be downloading. And it's good because you always have something fresh to listen to in the podcast. Because God forbid I don't make a podcast. I know. You'll get complaints. You'll get, get complaints. <laughs> get the complaints. So if you have an Audible, you always have something new. And you actually be, could be learning something or hearing an actual piece of art if you're listening to a, a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to see if uh, Philip Shepard's book is on. <laughs> we have to get that on Audible. That's what I'm waiting for right now. Yeah. Well, the book that I have right now is called The Four Hour Body, Nicole, mm-hmm. by Tim Ferriss. I know. Yes. Now, he is the author of The Four Hour Work Week, right. which is a very a very famous book. That I agree with. Yes. And you don't, you don't really agree with The Four Hour Body. But the premise of The Four Hour Body is really uh, what is the least amount of work you need to do to be able to get any sort of results. 
Yeah, and that's why I don't like it. Yes, well, that is. Look, if you're a lazy person like me, that <laughs> this is a this is a great book for you. So you're kudos. too busy podcasting to work out. Yes, that's right. So kudos to Tim Ferriss for uh, lazy people like me. So if you want to get uh, great books like this, go check out over one hundred thousand books that are available to you, and you'll get a free audiobook download uh, when you sign up. The link is audiblepodcast.com slash r h a is the coach book on audible <laughs> i don't think so i don't think coach's book is on audible yet or jeff yes, probst yes. jeff probst's book uh stranded so mm-hmm. I, I think you have to get like a certain number of if you look at it on amazon it says would you like to have this book on audible so you can request for them to do oh i see yeah they're sort of tied in together audible and amazon oh that's cool all right, Nicole. So we got a lot of stuff to get to here. What uh, a crazy episode. What a crazy episode. Now, I spoke with Coach, and we mm-hmm. talked a lot about the favorites. We didn't talk too much about the fans. What's to really talk about? Yeah, that's what I kind of said. I mean, well, Yeah, what's to really talk about? <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of episodes to go. We've got 10 fans to go. Do you feel like that, from what you saw, do you have hopes for these fans? They're living on Douche Island. Yes, oh, you did not care for the fans. I did not care for the fans. Yes, the, you did not like Eddie and Reynolds? First of all, math is not their strong suit. They obviously don't know how to add to build a strong alliance. Yeah. And it was like they were in a club and like in the corner, like just making out. Well, not not the guys with the guys. No, we, we didn't see that. We did not, we did not <laughs> see that. Yeah, the little bit of uh, hooking up on the first night. That's right. Ra- and it was like dirty hooking up too. Like there was ass grabbing. Like there was a lot of like groping. And yeah. you like, you really didn't even see it coming. I was under the impression you liked that. You were under that impression. <laughs> 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 oh oh that was, that was somebody else yes yeah uh so what do you think of this guy who is it eddie that was talking about that him and hope hey we're the two best looking people here so we got to get together uh, yeah what a dude like it's, it's not even <laughs> it's not even up for debate we're the best looking people here what, what kind of thing is that to say i uh, it's well i don't know it's the kind of things that eddie would say i i had not high hopes for Eddie preseason. I have lower hopes. What did we say about him? Well, I said that I thought he had no chance whatsoever to win. What did I say? I think you were maybe, I think you were in agreement, but you were a little more bullish on him than I was. More bullish? Yes, you liked him. Did I? More, more, you liked him more than I did. Okay, well, I retract that you statement. Retract, you retract it. <laughs> and Reynolds, I had high hopes for Reynolds, and uh-huh. you, I think you did not, you said Reynolds was a snoozer. Yeah. He's not been a snoozer. He's a good sandbagger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Usually that's what people say about me. I'm a good mm-hmm. sandbagger. Yeah, that, that's usually what they say. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> One so, of the things. Yeah. And then he's with Allie. Mm-hmm. So Reynolds and Allie are together. So lots of, lots of hooking up yeah, on Fan Island. It's make-out par- make party. You know, in the original Fans versus Favorites, mm-hmm. it was the favorites that were hooking up and had this sort of you know, power couple. But that wasn't until later. No, it was in the in the beginning that Parvati and James were together and Ozzy and Amanda got together. So and like then they pulled later. in Sari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ooh, they, they pulled in Sari? Well, the... not, to, not to the hooking up. Oh, okay. Not to the hooking up. To the, the group that of five. That would have been awkward. Yeah, and then on the other side, you had like Penner and... Yao Man and, and Amy and Eliza and those people. Yeah. Um, and Suri was like the swing vote. It was like she could have gone with those four. She could have gone with the couples. And mm-hmm. she went with the power couples. Yeah. So, but those were the power players, like the, the, those power couples. Um, these aren't going to be the power players. Yeah. I actually, I watched Ozzy on with Parvati. Parvati, the new host of... She did a great job. She did, she did do a great job. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if Ozzy saw the episode, though. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. Ozzy, I don't know what Ozzy was talking about a little bit, but Parvati was great. Yes. Well, that's why he was like proposing to her to distract you from him not seeing the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So Parvati did a great job. If you didn't check it out, make sure you check CBS. it out. CBS.com. Yeah. Watch Miss Survivor 2012, Parvati Shallow, the new host. Moving on to great things. Moving on to great things. Yeah. All right, Nicole. So speaking of moving on to great things, boy. Uh, I've been so excited about what's been going on with this new season of Survivor for a number of reasons. But boy, Twitter is we have not talked much about Twitter or or what the survivors are saying on this podcast in quite some time. Really, it was at a boiling point or probably around South Pacific. I'm surprised Twitter didn't crash the night of Survivor. It was like when we first started doing this podcast, it was during Heroes versus Villains, and like not a lot of survivors were on Twitter at that point. Right. There so then as Twitter became more popular, there weren't a lot of it's like returning players plus social media equals a lot of fun for this podcast. Equals a lot of F bombs. A lot of <laughs> yes. A lot of f- survivors fighting on Twitter. So yes. South Pacific was really the height of it and you had like Russell calling out Brandon, calling out Cochrane, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of stuff going on on twitter then afterwards though then we really didn't have you know a ton of then we had survivor one world and really the returning players there were no returning players so there was not you know it's like hey this kim is uh thinks she's something else uh you know but it i mean it was nothing nothing to speak of and there was a love fest on that island especially once colton went out yeah so there really wasn't much to talk about. Hey, this Tarzan is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't much to talk about there. Then in season 25, other than, uh, you know, the, we had a little bit of the scooping artists flare up a little bit. Yeah, on Twitter. but that wasn't even that hyped. And then our current Miss Survivor, uh, you know, that we have like with the, the Pete and Abby Marie and that stuff. But that wasn't that wasn't too bad. Wait, where is Miss Survivor um, during this whole thing? Isn't she the peacemaker? The peacemaker. Shouldn't maker. she be stepping in? Well, we, may, we may need to get our our reigning Miss Survivor, RC, to help step in with all of these Twitter fighting. But you know what? Here's the, here's the thing, the confessional. I like the fighting. <laughs> I like it. I don't I, I don't. It gives us something to talk it is, about. It is fun to talk about. OK, so people Except with a name calling. Yes. Okay. So we're going to get to. So a lot of people say, hey, look, Rob, you're the only survivor that I follow on Twitter because I know you are not going to tweet spoilers. Right. And so and that is true on my on my honor. No, no spoilers. Now, I will. You don't even know spoilers. I don't know spoilers and I certainly wouldn't tweet them. But but let me put the one asterisk. okay? because I got some S from people the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Shocker. You got some S. Yes. I get a lot. (laughs) I get, uh, you know, I'd say probably. Uh, most people are very nice on Twitter, but about 30% of the tweets that come to me are either complaints or just, just outwardly, just outright nasty. Or they're like plain douche-tastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, what, like, uh, really Rob? Like, you know? So the other day I tweeted the link to the Francesca interview and I had a, you know, the, in the URL I created on the website, you know, I get rusty. I get rusty in between seasons. I forget the right way I'm supposed to do it. And normally, I name the file again. The super boring stuff. But usually, the file name of you go to it's robinswebsite.com/slash the season, and then the person that gets voted out. And Twitter shortens the name, but I put it the wrong order. And so, if you looked at my tweet, it was robinswebsite.com/slash Francesca Hoji Survivor or whatever interview. Uh-huh. So you could see Francesca's name in the URL, and I started getting tweets from people oh how dare you this is a spoiler but let me just say for i understand if you didn't see the episode that i ruined i ruined it for you i get that that wasn't a spoiler not a spoiler yeah if i'm talking about something that happened on tv yesterday 
Not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. Okay. That's not a spoiler. I, I see where you're going with That's that. That's not a spoiler. Okay. Hey, you ruined it for me. Hey, not cool. But I'm just saying. You spoiled it for them. Yes. And you know what? But not for anything. If this, if you are in this scenario, and this is this is real talk, okay, Nicole? This is real talk. This is real talk. Okay? If you're us. somebody who didn't watch Survivor, uh-huh. and you follow Survivors on Twitter, uh-huh. and you're going on Twitter... And you're relying on survivors not to talk about what happened in the episode that was on yesterday. You know, you're you're playing with fire. And you know what? Yesterday was Valentine's Day. Rob, Rob's head was in the game. My clouds. head wasn't in the game. My head wasn't in the game. So I'll do my best to try, you know, I'll try to do a bit.ly dot whatever on, on the links when I tweet out the exit interviews. But I'm just saying, if you haven't... But it's been a while since you've done that. We had an off-season... Yeah, so two, in summation, two things. Uh-oh. And we've got so much to get to. I don't know why I decided to go, go on my soapbox. But two things. <laughs> one, number best. one... If I'm talking about something that already happened on this show and it's the next day, not a spoiler. And get and, your vocab right. And two, if you don't want to know who got kicked off of Survivor, don't go on Twitter. Yeah. Until you watch the episode. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, stay off the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what If you I have do. time for the internet, why aren't you watching Survivor? <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so that's those are the uh, those are the two things with that. Okay, so just to explain my my thoughts on that. All right, so Nicole, we had a lot going on here this week with. Okay, so a lot of this, and I talked about this with Francesca a little bit. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a, a lot of animosity yes. coming towards Andrea. Don't call me Baliki. <laughs> uh, Andrea Belki caught a lot of heat on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, so what I was saying was that a lot of people, they don't follow other survivors on Twitter because they don't want them to spoil anything. Right. And so they had asked, I had talked about basically the last 24 hours on Twitter were really crazy. And so people had said, can you give us a little bit of an update on all of the fireworks that were going on? Yes. And I said, gladly. We would love to. We would, lo- we would lo- like nothing more. But you know what? I'm looking at your, you know, your board of the survivors. Yes. And uh, on the top, it has Philip, Corinne, Malcolm, and Andrea. And on the bottom, it has Francesca, Brandon, Eric, and Brenda. Right. And it's like, really? Andrea was supposed to go with these strate- strategic masterminds? <laughs> All right, well, we'll get it. We'll get it. I, it just struck me here looking anyway, at this. Anyway, so a lot of backlash towards uh-huh. Andrea from a, few, from a few different sources. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and so we had a lot of stuff that, you know, usually we read the tweets at the end of the show, but I've got, you know, so much of this stuff, uh, coming in. So basically the friends of Francesca uh-huh. went on Twitter uh-huh. and really ripped Andrea a new one. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with Russell Hance. And honestly, I'm not even going to read these. They were very vulgar. They were very vulgar. There's, there's about three or four words that I, that I won't even say on the podcast right. that I'm going to say. So. You know, and I'm all for, look, I'm all for the drama. A little war here and there, yeah. I love seeing the survivors rip each other on Twitter. But I got to I gotta call Russell out here. Yeah. Um, because, I, and I think Russell's hilarious. We, we, we love Russell on and the I podcast. Love, I love Russell's tweets, but mm-hmm. I thought he was over the line. It was, it was over with, the line. With Andrea. Yeah. With Andrea. Um, Especially because the words he was using, like, there was no, there was no reason to call her that. Yeah, yeah. There was no reason. I, I, but you know the funny thing is, it's like if if she did this to Brandon, I don't think he'd be this bad. He would be like, "Yeah, Andrea is the best." <laughs> yeah, no, but he did seem to be pro Brandon on uh, on Twitter. Let me see if I have any that I could read. Uh-huh. Uh, please, a- Andrea, WTF? Tell me, 
did that help you, you stupid, uh, you know, well, another way, uh, you're such a follower, you can never win this game, you stupid B-word, like, Really, like that's too too far, too yeah. far, and that was and that wasn't even that bad of a tweet. Yeah, just for the people that weren't that weren't on this season, like relax, just take a take a chill pill, like, guys. It's just a game. You weren't you weren't on. For, well, well, it's just a game that you save weren't that, playing. <laughs> save that for the people who were in the game. Yeah. Like if Francesca was on Twitter, like hey, you know what, you're Andrea, you're a stupid, you know what, or whatever. Uh-huh. Then we'd say, okay, you know what, Francesca, it's just a game. Right. But to the people who weren't even in the game. Yeah, like really, it's not real life. It's not. It's not real life. But we love. But we love it. Keep it coming. So we love it. We encourage. Oh, without the name calling. Yeah, we. Um. So anyway. But you know, Andrea did take the high road. She just, you know, she tweeted with her head up and just did did her thing. Yes. Uh, Russell also going after Malcolm on Twitter. He said, uh, "By the way, the uh, the B word Malcolm sucks." Did nothing, but I get it, dude. Uh, not everyone can uh, can do that. I'm not sure exactly. Some of these are out of context, but um, you get you get the thing. So, so Russell is all over uh, Andrea on Twitter and Malcolm and Malcolm <laughs> and 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 a lot of people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So then, also uh, another person that is all over Andrea on Twitter is Eliza. Mm-hmm. Who was who was in China? Who's in China? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who's very you know very close with Francesca? Uh huh. So we get, she's in China with Francesca. We get where where she's coming from, but she is uh, very much anti Andrea on Twitter. Really, it's uh it seems like a, you know the the former wine and cheese alliance. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's really, the real game of Survivor. That's the real game. Yeah. You know, Nicole, at so, at some point. If we can ever get, if we can ever get fun, I'd like to make a, a documentary uh, called "The Rise and Fall of the Wine and Cheese Alliance." <laughs> and one day we'll get we'll get all the real stories. Did she bring the wrong cheese to the party? I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, all I can think of is that at one of those wine and cheese parties that they used to have in in New York, that somebody raised a glass and said, "Hey, if any of us are ever on Survivor together." It's us to the end. It's wine, wine and cheese or die. <laughs> and and Andrea broke the blood pact, it looks mm. like. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't break the blood pact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so here's some, some of the tweets from Eliza. And, of course, the, the some Rob... Some of them were deleted. So, yes. Well, that's a, that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. If, you, if you're going to put stuff on Twitter, don't delete it. Man up. Keep it out, Man keep it up. out there. So El- Eliza, she says... Um, let me see. Let me find some of the good ones. Uh, she said, okay, talks about uh, Cochran. She says, uh, do you love when people laugh at their own puns slash jokes? Because I don't. Hashtag yuck. Hashtag Cochran. Hashtag survivor. <laughs> so, boy, if, if Eliza doesn't like people that laugh at their own jokes, she must really uh, probably, probably not a listener of the podcast. <laughs> and when we like Eliza. Yeah. That, that we thought she was more uh, uh, even keel. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit surprised. She does get pissed sometimes. She uh, well, she does have strong opinions. She also tweets, uh, "Philip is the worst." Dot dot dot. Then Andrea, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eliza also wrote like a very scathing blog of I, Andrea I read it, yes. and on realitynation.com. Eliza writes a blog, and I I, I mean I, I pulled it. I don't know if I'm gonna how much of this. Uh, if you want to hear. Um, it does seem like most of the drama is not with the game. It's outside the game. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, she says, uh, to be fair, if you think I'm being too harsh on Andrea, I happen to know that the two of them had a personal, real relationship in person. So is Survivor a game? Yes. But could you backstab someone when, uh, who you considered a friend in real life, especially if it didn't actually benefit you in the game and if it was abundantly cruel? Because I certainly could But couldn't. how did that not benefit her in the game? Yeah, if we're going to go back and just look at this from a strategic point of view, okay? Let's put yourselves in Andrea, because I stand by the decision, the decision that Andrea I, made. Here's from your, looking at these idiots on the bottom. Uh, well, let's, <laughs> let's, hold on. Let's, let's play it out here. Yes. Okay, behind door number one, okay? Here's, here's your choices, uh, Andrea. And we'll leave Cochran and Dawn out of this, because they uh, were their they're own. They're wild cards. They, they made their own decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't have, from what we saw on the show, we don't have any evidence to see that Andrea pulled Cochran and Dawn over right, or what right. from from what again from what I saw on the show and who knows maybe Eliza has more information about this that she, you know from Francesca but it looks to me like Francesca didn't know what was going on anyway on on mm-hmm. the show so I mean here's what we have behind door number one it's the specialist right. who Andrea did play who 35 days or whatever in Survivor South uh-huh. Pacific or uh, Survivor uh, Redemption, Redemption Island. Island and who she saw Boston Rob sit next to at the end of the game and win an 8 to 1 vote. Right. <laughs> okay? Right. So so yeah and they were and they were tight on the you know Philip did have a working relationship with Andrea okay. in that game. Not in the wine and cheese alliance. The yeah. only thing that he has going against yes, him. Yes, that's going against him. Then you have Corinne. Uh-huh. Who I think we, Corinne, super loyal person, strong player too. If Corinne's on your team, and Corinne probably not a bad person to sit next to at the end of the game, mm-hmm, and, exactly. And Malcolm, new, new guy. Malcolm, on, we saw his butt. Yeah, new guy. St- stick with him. New guy. <laughs> the butt. Okay, that's behind door number one. Uh-huh. Behind door number two, we have the per- only person to be kicked off the game uh, first, who's been invited back. Right. Plus. Two of arguably the worst players of all time who've made the two biggest yes. blunders in the history of the yes. show, giving who both gave away the immunity necklace and Brenda. Okay, At least one Bre- gave it to a chick with some with boobs. <laughs> the other one, well, gave- the other one hates chicks with boobs. <laughs> so that's the other thing. Yes. So and then you have Brenda, who's uh, I don't know what, you, what she's what kind she, of on her own doing. island right now. I think nobody wanted to be friends with her. Yeah. So I can't fault Andrea strategically. Uh, about I would this. want to and, be on the, the opposite alliance. And I know Stephen. Stephen brought this up in the in the know it alls, and Stephen has not been you know too keen on on any of. Well, uh, he's in the wine and cheese alliance. Yes. Uh, so, but he what he what his point was? Yeah, I get you have to you have to do what's best for you strategically. Uh, I get that, but did you have to vote her out first? But. For Andrea, I'm not getting that she had a choice here. It seemed like the choice is A, go with these guys and who are going to vote out Philip, or B, go with these guys who are going to vote out Francesca. I don't think that Andrea was in a position to it's say, like she was the ringleader hey, of it. hey, guys, how about instead of Francesca, Philip, could we vote out Brandon? Or could we vote out, you know, uh, Maybe Brenda? Francesca could have been a little less vocal and a little, you know, too. she was a little too fast, you know, too hard, too fast uh, early on. Yeah, so... I, again, I'm, I'm not sure. And speaking of Philip, we also had some drama yesterday on on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This was from uh, Philip. Actually, got into a feud with Johnny Fairplay on Twitter. Also, uh-huh. and then blocked Johnny Fairplay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the the. Uh, so now here's the interesting thing. So um, Philip doesn't like Francesca. Russell Hance loves Francesca. Mm-hmm. Yet Philip likes Russell Hance. It's a very it's a very 
you know, tricky triangle here. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's like some contests online of who's the greatest reality villain of all time. And there's like 30 names. Uh, basically, every single villain from every single show uh-huh. is nominated. So, And from, I think only the survivors care. So, yeah, oh, <laughs> so from the survivor, uh, I believe that Russell Hance is nominated and Johnny Fairplay and maybe, I'm not sure, Colton might be also. Were you not. nominated? No, I no. Like I'm not a have. villain. I'm not a nice guy. Are you? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Most people think that you you may not. Uh-huh. Anyway, so they have this whole contest, and so uh, basically, Johnny Fairplay is campaigning, "Hey, vote for me," and Russell Hance is saying, uh, "You should you should vote for me." So they're sort of in, in a feud over this, and so Philip tweeted yesterday, uh, "Voted for at Russell Hance as most hated villain uh, of all time for Survivor." At Johnny Fairplay is a child in comparison. <laughs> So in fairness, fighting words right there. Phil, Philip did start it. Johnny he, Fairplay yes, was. He, he didn't have to do that. Was, was, did seem to be minding his own business. Which Johnny Fairplay report uh, responded, "Hi at Philip Shepherd TV. Just wanted to say you are a moron, <laughs> you are a joke, and most of all, you are crazy." Uh oh. And I think crazy was all caps. Yes. Yeah. And we know what we know what crazy means. Mm-hmm. Uh, not cool. So uh, then uh, Philip wrote back, considering the source. I considered your comment a compliment. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. So, so, right, <laughs> zing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then Johnny Fairplay wrote back, uh, "F you." <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then Philip blocked him because then uh, Johnny Fairplay wrote, uh, "Philip blocked me." Good riddance. And for the record, he really is crazy. Hashtag Survivor. Uh, <laughs> then apparently Johnny Fairplay then deleted that tweet. So. Uh, the the interns of Rob as a podcast. Great job by Austin Trupp uh, this week. Our head of interns uh, was following all this, and we'll have some more Survivor tweets. I hope later. you didn't have a job or go to school because following this Twitter, these yes. Twitter. Yes. Oh my God, it's going to be a good. It's going to. We're not going to get into what Survivor Shannon was tweeting because it was. I feel like he was a little quiet. No, no, he wasn't. You may not have been following oh. him. He was all. He well, was all over. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of this, Andrea too, and. Um, yeah, not, not good. Not good. Um, I feel bad for Andrea. I don't think that she deserves it. Well, I mean, based on, from what we saw on the show. Right. Uh, we what, don't know what may have happened from outside. What, from what we saw on the show, at, at least like the, uh, you know, the, uh, Lex and Boston Rob's, uh, stuff, which, uh, I mean, this, what, this is what it's know, reminding at, me but, of. But hold on, but hold on with Lex and Boston Rob stuff. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in our voicemail segment, which uh-huh. is coming up at least. That happened on the show. Right. What, what, right. <laughs> what went down with Boston Rob and Lex. Okay. All right. So, Nicole, you ready for voicemail? Yes. All right. I feel like we need a jingle for voicemail. Yes, we do. So two ways to send in voicemail to the show. If you have a comment or a question for us, two ways to do it. One is with your computer. Go to robisawebsite.com slash voicemail. And you can go ahead and just leave us a voicemail with the microphone on your computer, or you could do it at any phone. Uh, we just added a phone number hotline, and that number is one three two three two eight two R H A P. That number again three two three two eight two R H A P. Save it in your phone. Uh, go ahead and, and just what, anytime you save think it on you, your contact list. Yeah, you think of something funny you have to say, or you watch you watch the episode. I mean, don't you, then you don't have to go and look it up. Just uh, you know, s- save it. Did you get any inappropriate voicemails? Not yet. Oh. <laughs> Not yet. Now you will. Well, now we will. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> All right, here we go. So here's our first voicemail, and this comes to us from Brian Hickey, and he has a question about Corinne. Oh, ready? 
Hey Rob, Brian Hickey here. Really pumped to have Survivor back and to have you back on the podcast. Um, my question's about Corinne. She's my favorite player, but I'm a little concerned about her. Should I be? Now I know Francesca was um, on to her because she's not. she knows she's not this warm, sunshiny person that she's portraying on the show. Should Corinne be more snarky and more like she is on Rob as a podcast? Um, how we love her. And, you know, not the warm, uh, sunshiny person that, you know, we see at the beginning of Gabon and at this season um, where she, you know, she's being nice. We want to see more mean Corinne. Um, thanks a lot, Rob. Can't wait to hear the rest of the show. All right. So, Nicole, is Corinne being too nice? Well, it's funny because Corinne actually tweeted about this and she said that she did have um, snarky comments and that you need to take it up with the editors. Oh. Yeah. So it's Corinne's story is uh-huh. the problem. Maybe we're going to see a different Corinne story. Maybe. Is it a Corinne? It can't be a redemption story because no. she they would have to make her be mean mm-hmm. to be redeemed. Right. But it seems like a waste if you're going to bring Corinne back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think Corinne is doing Use anything. her for what she's good at. Use her for what she's good at. I guess she didn't factor into the story. Right. Um, or, she, you know, the other problem with Corinne, she may not have said, had anything that was was decent to put in the eight o'clock hour. Like if this was like on at 10 o'clock at night or on cable, uh-huh. uh, Corinne may have had m- much more lines on the show, but it's a family show. Right. So I don't know if Corinne had, uh, I don't know if Corinne works clean <laughs> is the question. That's her. <laughs> Maybe she's more of a, uh, of a, you know, sort of like a dirty insult. She's more of a Sarah Silverman. Okay, but Go- than- Gabon was on at the same time, and we still got snarky Corinne. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Maybe she's gotten more vulgar. <laughs> but what about strategically? Do you think Corinne would be better served to be more of a bitch strategically? I mean, where did that get her last time? I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Um, I guess Because the question is, uh, could you vote Corinne out because she's being too nice? She's too much of a threat? I think that people are just on to her. Okay, so, yeah. so you're saying it's just one episode. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes, yeah. Let's see how it goes. Okay, all right, here we go. This next one is from uh, Matt Forsyth, one of our former uh, Big Brother uh, correspondents. <laughs> what was it, rap hoarders? That we said? <laughs> rap hoarders. Yeah, okay, Matt Forsyth, here we go. Hey, Rob, it's Matt Forsyth. You've kind of touched on the subject throughout the week, but I don't think that you've given your definitive opinion yet. Do you think that there should be real-life repercussions for actions that take place within the game, or should people realize that it is just a game and that Survivor is mutually exclusive from real life? Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Nicole. So this is going back to what we're talking about with Andrea and with Francesca Mm -hmm. and the real-life implications of survivor betrayal among all stars this is what happens when you bring players back they're everybody's they're all friends yes. they've all you yes. know swapped spit here and there whoa uh and whatever else so <laughs> this this is what happens this we've is seen what happens. it we've seen it happen the first time in all stars okay well good i'm glad because i feel like i have a unique perspective to talk about exactly this. because i was i talked about this a little bit with steven the other night I was the first person in Survivor history to ever be betrayed by someone who you had a relationship with in real life. Right. It did not happen with Tina. Right. Uh, it did not. Ha- it did not happen with Rudy. Mm-hmm. Jenna Maraska left again. So I was the first person ever to get blindsided by somebody who I considered to be a friend in real life. Right. And I. You were you hurt. You know what? Yes, I, I was hurt, and I and I was bitter, and for you know for a long time. 
it really, really bothered me. And I'm sure if you go back and look at my press that I did at that time, I was bitter towards Robin Amber because I knew them in real life. But I was I was upset. And you know what? I'm lucky probably that there wasn't Twitter at the time of Survivor All-Stars because God knows what I might have tweeted and God knows what Lex might have tweeted. No, I, <laughs> and then when you watched it, it made you even more upset. I was, yeah, because then you see what people said behind your back and they were supposed to be, they were supposed to be your friends and, and whatever. But what I know, what I know now, and maybe, you know, because it's like, you know, eight, nine years removed. Here's what people want. Okay, and and this is what the this is what the audience wants. We don't care as again. I'm speaking more as from somebody in the audience than somebody who's played Survivor before. Uh-huh. What we want, we want all of the drama on the show. Right. Okay. But at the end of the game, after your torch goes out, what we want to hear, if we're fans, is it's all hey, good. you know what. They beat me. It's it was gotta a game. Tip, I got to tip my mm-hmm. cap. It was it was a game. I got to give them, I got to give him credit. I did not see that coming. They don't like that's bitter what, beavers. That's what the, that's what we want to hear. So now, as 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 podcasters, that's not what we want to hear. We, <laughs> totally different. That's total. That's totally different. Um, but as that's what we want, mm-hmm. and I think that's going back to Boston Rob and Lex, and you know, it's like people like people got that there was a perception of Lex. After that season, that he's especially on the internet, uh-huh. Lex is bitter. Um, and has he even fully recovered from that? I, I, I don't think, think so. Still, that, that, I think that that Lex uh, still gets that perception yes, from some he people does, yeah. uh, as being bitter towards Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we uh, will that where the the people who watch the show they'll never understand how close you guys were in the game uh, right. in real life. In real life, for all we know, Andrea and Francesca could have had sleepover parties every single night, mm-hmm. and it had you know. And you wonder, did they have BFF some sort XOXO. of yeah XOXO <laughs> and and told each other secrets and talked about crushes and all mm-hmm. the, and all the stuff. And, and for all we know. Did Francesca and Andrea have an a alliance preseason? And because that's what that I mean, that's what it sounds like to me for it to be some sort of like, did they talk on the phone and, and say, hey, it's it's us to the end. But you know what? To any future survivor who goes back, it's it's like the ultimate like in, like people always worry about it. how do you stop the survivors who are going back from making alliances before they go back? And the, and here's the beautiful thing about it, like for and against it. You can't stop them. They're mm-hmm. gonna do it. Right. They're gonna all call each other. It happens. Right. It happens every single time. And you know what? They they're wasting all of their time. Yeah, because and they're when wasting their hearty. The bell rings on Survivor. Throw it all out the window, dude. You're playing for a million dollars. You're playing for a million dollars, and people will screw over. Forget their friends. People will screw over their family. I will screw over my mom for a million dollars for less than that. So. Andrea and Francesca could be best friends. They could have all these things going for each other. They could make. A, they could make. I, again, I have no idea if they if they had a, if they you know were ta- what talking it sounds about like though. working together. Obviously, they were friends. Obviously, they both had to have known they were both going back on the show. I'm sure they said, "Hey, well, of course I've got your back. You got my back. I got don't your vote back. me out first yeah, again. Don't vote. Yeah, just whatever you do, don't vote me out first. No problem. I promise. Yeah. But the, when the bell rings." boom this is this is your life this is your game and this is your money mm-hmm. and it's like it's, it's every man for themselves it's every man for itself and it's the wild west and yeah. that's why the drama is always going to be more intense in an all-star season mm-hmm. um because people are going to do what you know 
It's one thing, you know, it's Survivor of the Amazon, it's day three, and I meet, and I meet Ryan Aiken 72 hours ago, and he says, dude, you're going you're gonna to vote with me, right? Like, oh, yeah, no, no worries, man. Yeah. And I shake his hand. Oh, I promise. I'm with you. Not that this I'm happened. with you. Okay, no, this is what happened. <laughs> oh. and, and I promise, hey, man, you got, hey, don't worry. I, got, you know, I think I said game, set, match. Uh, we got this. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, and I take tennis lessons now, so how about that? <laughs> uh, but so whatever. I, I met this guy 72 hours ago, and I lied to him, and we vote, and we voted him out. And, and he's still he, mad, but probably. Yeah. But he's like, you know what? It's like, damn, that guy. That guy tricked me. I thought, I thought he, I thought he was with me, and he uh. wasn't. Now you have somebody like in the case of somebody like like Boston Rob. Like I had been, I had, we we hung out with you Bo- guys with did Boston have sleepover Rob, parties. Yeah, I, I went to Boston Rob's house. So now it's not somebody that you we went met. on vacation with them. Even in even it's somebody who you have played the game with thirty eight days. Okay, uh-huh. thirty eight days in Survivor. It's like okay, well now this is somebody that you've known for a year and you've been to their house and you've talked on the phone, you've done all these things, and now this person screws you. Of course, it's worse it than somebody who you just met. Yeah, but at the end of the day for the people who are at home they still they don't care anymore that you knew them ahead of time no they make fun of you and it just it's still it's comes off still it's come still comes off as bitter when you're saying you're saying but i knew them ahead of time we had this deal yeah. yeah the the fans don't care that much yeah and that's what that's what it comes down to. Then don't align with Brandon Hans, and maybe you, it would be better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're blaming it all on Brandon Hans. All right, all right. So that's my that's my take on that. So long story short, uh, I don't think it matters. Uh, you know, and, and for all returning players, just know you could have all the deals you want in the world, but it doesn't mean a thing. Would you vote me out for a million dollars? No, no, I would not. <laughs> Oh, he winked. <laughs> I did not. I did not wink. All right, let's go to our buddy Ori Kohav as a question. Yo, Rob, it's Ori. There's something that I really feel like sharing. Ooh. The moment Francesca said there's no way she was going to be first out again, I was like, Francesca, bye bye Don't forget <laughs> that, Rock. Because last season, Final Ten, people said there's no way Penner will win immunity. Suddenly, he wins. Same thing at Final Seven. People said Abby was never going to win immunity, and suddenly she wins. Turns out the editors turned the show into some sort of a comical movie. Whenever (laughs) someone says there's no way something is going to happen, that something happens. What's your take on that? All right. Uh, first of all, I love Ori Kohav. <laughs> He's great. Uh, so, Nicole, uh, do, is there something about Survivor whenever somebody says something that's not going to happen, it seems to always happen? It, it's, it seems that way, yes. But it also seemed like Francesca was so, you know, uh, not, I don't want to say obsessed, but she really was just like, I can't be the first one voted out. Like, that was just in her head. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Uh, this is, you know, it has gotten to the point where this is, you know, a little bit of a knock on the editors here. Yeah. Where now we are trained as people who are watch the show. You know, we are we are people who a lot of us, the people who watch Survivor, have watched, if not 26 seasons of Survivor, have watched more than 15 seasons of Survivor. Right. Okay, so most of the Survivor audience are basically where the people who are you're preaching to the choir here. Right. So we've seen the show before, and we know that whatever you say is like like the the worst case scenario is if Penner wins immunity tonight. Where as long as Penner doesn't win immunity, we're good. Yeah. Now, and then you know, especially if it happens before the credits, we know. So I wish they would get a little smart or th- throw us off one week. Yeah, throw us off exactly. Like uh, like uh, the only th- <laughs> you know I that uh, the only thing we have 
Malcolm can't go home this this episode. And then if he doesn't go home, we'll be like, oh, okay, they really threw us off this week. Unless they say, Malcolm, I hope his pants don't fall off again. The, the <laughs> only thing that we have to worry about is Malcolm's pants falling off. Because oh, that's really- and then if they happen to come off, oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> yes, you. that was your favorite part of the episode? It was, yes. Yes. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, let's not even go there. Wait, wait until Philip's underwear come off. Yeah. Yes, I was just upset. It was just the just the back. Just the back. <laughs> you want some? You want a full frontal? I want full frontal. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Very classy. All right. This is a, this is a good question. This is from Andy. Hey Rob, Andy C from Montreal, Canada. Here, if you replay the tape on the Mutiny Challenge in the season premiere, you will notice that Jeff Probst declares Cochran and Philip up first for the heroes. Is this a Freudian slip? Does Probst view the fans' tribe as villains? If so, why does he think that? Thanks, Rob, and can't wait to hear your expert analysis. Yes, my expert analysis. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. You're the only one Thank that says you. that, Andy. Yes. All right. So, Nicole, Andy claims that Jeff Probst said he re- referred to Philip and Cochran as the heroes during the immunity challenge. Is this possible that this could have happened? I heard that, but I thought Cochran said it. You thought Cochran yeah. said it. Um, I mean, you, you would not think that the four-time Emmy Award-winning host of Survivor would make such a mistake. You would think the editors would be like, ooh, Jeff, we're going to edit that out. Yeah, so you, what do, you, do you think he said it? Or I thought it was Cochran. It? I thought Cochran said it. Okay. But uh, there was definitely, you, you, could hear, you heard somebody say the heroes. All right, so let's see. I, I have the clip. Let's see if it was Jeff or Cochran. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is- Here we go for immunity. Survivor's ready. Go. Cochran and Philip up first for the heroes. Oh. Sherry and Laura up first for the fans. Yes. Good job, ladies. Nice. Cannot toss the traits until both so, try members Jeff are there. Probably- go. Yeah. Did in fact uh, refer to the uh, Cochran and the I think Philip it was another the time then. I think because I really do think that Cochran said heroes too, or somebody else. No, it was Jeff. Just Jeff. <laughs> Just Jeff. Uh, was that a Freudian slip? Possibly. Are the, and are the fans the villains? I guess uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you know, for the record, oh, they're just the douches. <laughs> the douches, yeah, they are the villains right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the record, the fans did win the first challenge in the original fans versus favorites. They did, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that I know everybody's like Jeff is like, hey, the, you know, the fans just kicked your butt. Uh, the fans, I think, are stronger than the than the favorites, like physically. They they look it. They have bigger dudes. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like I'm I, I'm still confident that the f- final six we're looking at a lot of favorites. There. Oh, definitely. definitely. Five, five out of six of the final six. You can't mess with ten favorites. Yeah, we'll see. Or nine now. All right, all right. And one last question, and this comes to us from uh, Josh in the OC. Oh, okay. OC. I think you're gonna like this one. Oh. Hey, Rob, how's it going? Uh, you said to Steven that you didn't feel that Francesca was necessarily the worst player of all time. So I was wondering who you thought actually held that honor. Ooh. Personally, my vote is for Steve Chicken Morris from Survivor China. What are your <laughs> thoughts? Uh, my name is Josh Morris Thank you. Bye. All right. So, Nicole. Worst player of all time. Who is the worst player? I, I agree. I do not. Well, I, I don't agree. I, I stand by what I said the other night. Francesca is not the worst player of all time. 
Okay. Okay, but you you said that Sandra is has to be the best survivor of all time because she won twice. No, I said uh, here's what I say. I say that you can make the argument, whatever, however you right. want to go, that either Boston Rob, Parvati, or Sandra, pick one of those three. You can argue each of them is the best player of all time, mm-hmm. and I could argue myself. I, I don't if you you know I don't have a you know I think if you had a gun to my head, I would say Boston Rob. Uh-huh. But you could either of those three. There's no wrong answer to that mm-hmm. question. Okay, so uh, but the worst player of all time. This is interesting. So, Nicole, uh, you you may recall some time ago we had a conversation about how do you figure out who is the best player of all of all time, uh-huh. and and so I said it really came down to these three circles. Oh, good. On my, oh, on my paper. good. Thanks a lot. Josh. And the game of Survivor is made up of three elements. Uh-huh. Outwit, outplay, and outlast. Uh-huh. And so ultimately the game of Survivor uh, is ultimately made up of strategic, acumen, strength, and social ability. How I'm glad well, we whipped out how, the dork. How, how well you're liked. And I did draw the draw the uh, the three interlocking circles mm-hmm. here. Now, by by proxy, the worst player of all time would be the person who is the most Unathletic, the com- the greatest combination of the most unathletic, uh-huh. the most unlikable, uh-huh. and the most stupid when it comes to the game. The most so really, the, the, what is the survivor that embodies these three traits? It's really the Bizarro uh-huh. of the top of the group of the good three things. These are the bad three things. Okay, who is who is. The worst at challenges, who is the most unlikable, and who is the, has the worst understanding of the strategic oh side of the game. Okay, so what'd you come up with? So I have, I made a list. <laughs> He's cracking himself up. <laughs> all right, I, I, here I am. And I have, and I have the worst, I, I have a pick for who the okay. worst survivor is of all time. And let's see if, if you guys agree with me. All right, here's my list of who, these are in no particular order. Okay. These are the people that I think are the worst survivor players of, of all time. <laughs> all right, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Uh, no particular order, just chronological. Uh, actually, chronological order. That is the particular order. Okay, All right. Uh, from season <laughs> from season one, BB uh, Anderson, old, uh-huh. unlikable. Okay, <laughs> didn't seem to understand this, the uh, how the numbers work. Uh, but it was it was new. You got to new. It was new. Give him that. Uh, I've got Diane Ogden from Survivor Africa, first person. Now, everybody on my list is not the first person okay. off because you also have to lose the first challenge. Like, you could be the worst player and not right. get, get kicked off first. Right. I think Fran- – now, Francesca, here's why I don't think she's the she's the worst. Francesca is very athletic. Yeah. So by – she that and because you'd give her a good grade in one of the three boxes, immediately she's not one of the worst. That she's, she's athletic and she does appear to be likable. She has – she seems to have a lot of friends. But not likable half enough the, to be not voted out. Half the – tribe liked her uh Half the this, tribe. This, so it's not everybody she doesn't get voted out it wasn't in personal. unanimous votes it wasn't personal yes yeah, so she already she's just not good at the strategic game <laughs> she's just she's bad at one of the three things uh-huh. she just might be really bad at that one of the she's three things really bad but she's good at that she's very dominant in the challenges yeah. so i i have to give francesca she's she's not the worst player ever mm-hmm, okay so uh okay from survivor of the amazon janet koth okay <laughs> 
uh, she's uh, did not. She didn't really have any friends, and and mm. she wasn't good in the challenges. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is this might be a controversial one. I've got Wanda on the list. Oh, Wanda. <laughs> Wanda. Now, did she really play? Uh, Wanda. Now, I think Wanda. Here's the thing about Wanda. I don't know how likable she might have been. Likable with that ukulele, or it might have got on people's nerves. I could see both happening. Yes. So I like Wanda. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Uh, but, but you she, weren't on an island with her. She was bad in the challenges, and uh, you know she was. They didn't pick her, so maybe she was unlikely. Oh, that was so sad. Yeah. Um, apparently, there was a guy Jim Lynch on Guatemala. Uh, he was very old, and they voted him out first. Oh. I'm going to put him on my list. Uh, and then I've got two from uh, or uh, at least one from Survivor uh, Exile Island. Uh, the one with uh, with I'm gonna go with Melinda Hyder. I don't even remember her. She was on Survivor Exile Island, uh-huh. uh, and I'm gonna also add in Mike Barassi. Oh, Mikey B. <laughs> no, not Mike. That's Mike Bortone. Okay, that's a different. That's a different Mike B. Which one is this one? He had to be medevaced out of. Uh, if you have to be medevaced like in the first six days, that's uh, not a good not a good sign. Or you're just really unlucky. I think he got medevaced, and I think he was gonna get voted out anyway. You think so, he did it on purpose? A double whammy. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, but I do have a pick, Nicole, for the worst survivor of all time. Let's hear it. Uh, and she also holds a uh, a special place in Rob as a podcast history as she was the first exit interview that we ever did. I My pick <laughs> for the worst survivor of all time is Wendy DeSchmidt Cor... Uh, Cole, no, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Wendy, her yes. <laughs> Survivor yes. Wendy. Wendy. Wendy from Survivor Nicaragua is my pick for the worst Survivor. She was the most unathletic, uh, most unliked by her tribe, and the worst at the game of any of the 400 or so people I ran through my system. Commenters, come at me. Come <laughs> at me, bro. Let's see. Uh, I know. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, that's my pick. I oh, guess. that's very interesting. That, so that was my formula for the for worst player of the game. It's not always the first person kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to throw an honorable mention, uh, Sandy from Survivor Token Sheens. But I went <laughs> back and looked at her. She looks, she looks a, a little fit. Okay. So, and I don't think Steve Chicken Morris is the worst because he's he's like a guy you'd want to have around. He was like good at like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, build, you know, he was like outdoorsy mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So, so definitely not the worst. Yes. And it's fun to say Steve Chicken Morris. <laughs> so I don't think he was. I, I, he looked. Yeah, he looked like he was pretty decent in the challenges. He wasn't like an old, feeble guy that was going to cost no him Wendy. the challenges. Yeah. And so Wendy, uh, poor Wendy. She was very nice. She was very nice. She talked a lot. She, she talked she a lot. She talked a lot. And she said. I my, remember that interview. She said, my husband said I'm going to be the first one. Even her husband knew. <laughs> he knew. If your family doesn't even believe in you. Oh, It's that's not sad. a good sign that you're. That's sad. Okay. Uh, and we had so so much to get to on this uh, on this show. All right. So here we go. We have. Uh, let's just go through some some of our comments let's do here. Some comments. As we get, again uh, put together by the our excellent team at uh, Rob has a podcast. Okay. So Colton had a lot to say also on uh, on Twitter this week. He what was, did he uh, say? So he had a lot to talk about. Uh, he said, uh, I'll read a, a few of them. He said, uh, I'd like to point out that I was dead wrong on RHAP. Uh, okay, I yeah, preview, oh, I saw this, yeah. Uh, he said, I honestly thought Reynolds and Eddie would be smarter than to couple up. Such super fans. Okay? Yeah, uh, exactly. So one of the new survivors uh, at... Ali Pohovitz. Do you follow any of the new survivors? I did follow two of the survivors uh, recently. I followed uh, Matt and Mike. 
the uh, the uh, the power couple of the male. They, they they're more of an amazing race team uh-huh. than they're the uh, bearded BMXer. Who and you were very hard on. I was hard on. You were hard. Do you want to say you're sorry? <laughs> well, I, I, I stand I stand by what I said at the time. Okay, uh, but, but I like uh, but I'm I can I can like him also. Okay. Uh, and so I thought you were a little harsh on him. I, I was, I was, mm-hmm. you know, but it throws it throws me off with the beard because I can't tell when he's talking. Or not. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it's very it's difficult. Um, and then and and Mike, Mike Snow. You're, that was my pick. Your pick to win the game because he reminds me of John Snow. <laughs> yes, yes, because they're the same name. But uh, Allie, uh-huh. uh, the uh, the. Is that the chick from Long Island? Yes, uh-huh. uh, the, and the girlfriend of Reynolds uh-huh. on the show. Uh, she's apparently got some haters uh, coming at her. Uh, she says, "If you're going to make nasty comments about me, at least use proper grammar." So to all the haters Ooh, out grammar there, grammar police. Yes, uh, who are uh, tweeting to at Ali Pohovitz with poor grammar? Uh, step use up your game. Periods and comments. Yes, thank you. Yes. Okay. Uh, so let's see. We talked about Russell before. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Rupert. Uh, Rupert been... was all in on uh, live tweeting as well. Yeah, although I'm not sure which game he was watching. <laughs> he's not personally attacking anybody. <laughs> no, he Rupert's wasn't. been very much in the in the mix. Yeah, I, I wonder if we're on a collision course to have a a a, a Rupert rehab uh, <laughs> at some point. Yes. So, but he's been, you know, after the governor uh, thing didn't pan out, Rupert's been all over the social media. It's like Jeff Probst with, with Survivor. His show isn't... Well, yeah, so we do report on all the Survivor news. The Jeff Probst show, unfortunately, was canceled this mm-hmm. week. And so, uh, but Jeff Probst, uh, he does, he is talking about Survivor. He loves he's Survivor. He's all in on Survivor. And that's good That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, that's great to hear. It's great news. Yeah, great to hear. The other Survivor uh, news that Not happened... that we wanted his show to get canceled. No, no. Yeah. We, we, my mom watches it every day. My mom is telling me about everything that, that happened on the Jeff Probst show every day. Oh, so you get informed. She, yeah. And we watched the ones with Lisa Welchel also. Yes, we did. We did. And though but, Ethan Zahn will be on, I believe, next week. Ooh, they filmed it the other day. Exclusive. The, it was funny when Lisa Welchel was on because it did seem like Jeff did not really want her to be there. He was like taking digs at her. Here, can we be? Can we do a reenactment of this? Is uh, Lisa Welchel? Uh, I'll be I'll be Jeff. Okay, and you be Lisa Welchel. Okay, and this is uh, like they had Lisa Welchel on for like a week or two. Okay, I thought it was a permanent thing. I didn't know it was just uh, no, it was like a, temporary. Uh, it was like no. And then my mom said that um, they had from Community uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Oh, really? Was like co-hosting like one one week. With they him. really were trying to be like uh, Regis and Kelly throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah, uh, but. So this is okay. This is uh, the Robin Nicole reenactment. This is a new segment of of uh, Lisa Welchel on the show with Jeff Probst. And so, uh, how about this is the day she was gonna? Uh, she went. Okay, you got uh, yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, I know. I know what you're gonna say. All right, we're here, Welchel. Uh, what's going on? You know, Jeff, I just really want to be in show business. Oh, okay. Because I thought you were in show business. You're on my show. Right now, I, I, it feels like, to me, you're in show business. No, but, like, really, like, show business. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I thought I put you on Survivor. You're here with me now. I thought that this was kind of show business. No, I want to be in a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and tell, and tell, us, tell about her when she went to the, uh, okay, the, the yeah, party yeah. with the book. And then I went to this party, and I, there was this guy there, and he was in show business, and I wanted to be in show business too, so I got, I got all nervous. All right, hold on. Well, chill. Let me stop you right there, because I, I got to know, in your head, is any part of this story interesting? <laughs> like, 
Oh, come on, Jeff. No, I know I'm serious because I I really I'd like to know. Like, he was like very like like almost like it was like a like listening to like me and Nicole. It, it totally like, was <laughs> like listening to us. It's like a married couple, yes. like uh, like they've been together for way too long. Uh-huh. Like, Jeff did not seem to uh, want her there, but Jeff seems very. Jeff seems like he's in, in a good place. Um, I saw him on the talk the other day, and he was just you know totally gung ho about Survivor. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like he likes Survivor more because he gets to do what he wants. Even though it's called the Jeff Probst Show, I got a feeling. Even from when I talked to him on the on on the podcast, uh, when when if you listen to the podcast we did with Jeff Probst, it sounded like I asked him about you know how's everything going with the show, and he's like, yeah, you know the great thing about Survivor is we don't get a lot of notes from the network, and on the talk show there's a lot of you know you know executives that are telling us what they want to do, so. Um, I, I just want Jeff Probst to be happy. Yeah, and he seems really happy with his wife. He's always talking about his wife and his and his, the, his kids with this blended family. And now he has this book that he's sharing with his blended yes, family. Stranded. Yes, yes, yes. I have a copy of it here. I have a copy. If you want, if you want to check out Jeff Probst, I want to have a, a reading. Go to uh, robhasawebsite.com/slash/stranded. This is like a marathon podcast. Can I do? Uh, would you like to hear a reading of uh, of Jeff? <laughs> I Probst, would like an excerpt, please. An excerpt of the Jeff Probst book. Okay, so here we go. This is a reading. Of the uh, Jeff Probst book uh, by Jonathan Penner. Okay? (laughs) I heard this the other day. (laughs) She knew he wasn't trying to scare Jane, but Carter did this the kind of thing all the time. First talking first and then thinking later. Or not thinking at all. She looked him in the eye, then over at Jane and back again. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so. He's stealing characters from the island. Yes. No, well, Jeff, the, the characters in the book are Carter and Jane. And uh, so Jeff must have been inspired uh, during one of these. Um, he, was, he was the only one inspired by Carter. And a Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> Who else was? <laughs> All right. So where, where were we? Okay. So Rupert. We started on Rupert. Um, that he said, uh, he tweeted during the show, Hashtag Survivor. Survivor is a game, not a dating service. When did at Jeff Probst become Chuck Woolery? Oh, well, speaking of Survivor as a that's dating funny. service. That was, that's, that's funny. That, that, that was funny, but um, there's a new Survivor wedding. Oh, yeah. Well, I talked about this with Coach. Yes. Yes. So it was Keith and Whitney Keith are and Whitney. officially engaged. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, uh, that you're. I mean, if somebody has listened, has gotten this far in the podcast, they, we've, we've already talked about that. Oh, excuse <laughs> me, it's new to you. Yeah, I but, gotta know. Is there any part of this story that you think is interesting that I just want to know in your head? Because I, <laughs> I, I gotta know. All right, come on, keep it rolling. Uh, <laughs> Roll it. Uh, Sophie G. Clark. Uh, she got into it. Uh, she said, uh, "If I'm if I am 35 and unmarried, I'm gonna be a single mom and adopt Eric." <laughs> oh, Eric. Yeah, Sophie's funny. Uh, okay, so then uh, okay, so here's here's a good one. We talked about this in the preview show. We wanted to know if that there are ask the survivors every season. What is the survivor player that you would most be like? Uh What survivor player inspires you? So one of our our great listeners lines in a conversation went back, did the research, went all. Wait, what was the question? Okay, who is in the cast previews Mm -hmm. when they do their bio? They ask them. Who is the survivor player you would most like to play like? Or uh-huh. who's the most survivor player that's most like you? Okay. So uh, he went back, went through everything, and tried to figure out who are the players that were mentioned the most times. Okay? 
So uh, I have these are the players that have been mentioned more than six times. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight survivors have been mentioned more than six times by players. Who are they going to be like? Can, uh-huh. How many of them can you name, Nicole? Okay, so I, I would say Boston Rob. Boston Rob is on the list. He has been uh, surprisingly only six times, as anybody said, that they are like Boston Rob. Okay, Parvati. Uh, hold on, let me just check, make the checks. Parvati is on the list, and she has been named nine times. Nine People times. are going to play like Parvati. Okay. Okay. That's a long list. Okay, six more. Uh, Colby? Uh, Colby is on the list. He has been named six times. Six times, okay. Yes. Um, okay, five more. Five more names. Uh, I, th- I think that's all I got. Come on, you, got, you, <laughs> you, you can't get. You throw out some names. You know, I have no memory. Okay, but this isn't really a memory game. This uh, is like name name famous survivor game. Okay. Um, sorry, but I don't. I don't think Coach is on the list. Coach is not on the list. Coach is not on the list. Yes, um, I don't right. think Philip is on the list either. Coach and Philip are not are not on the list. But again, um, tell us people who are on. Oh, the I'm list. going through my survivor <laughs> rolodex in my brain. As everybody who has earbuds in is just screaming <laughs> at you right now. Uh, I don't think Russell is on the list. Uh, actually, Russell is on the he, list. He is on the yes, list. I'm, I, sorry, I'm surprised. Taboo buzz early. Do I have it? Do I have it nearby? All right, now people with the earbuds are yeah. yelling at you. They're yelling at me. Eh. Yeah. Okay. All right, who else is on the list? All right, the rest of the list is uh, Rupert Boneham. I was going to say Rupert, but I didn't times. think just so. The after, previously aforementioned Rupert Boneham. Russell Hance is on the list. Uh, Ozzy. Oh, Ozzy, yes. Ozzy is on the list uh, six times. Uh, here's a surprising one. Fabio on the list six times. <laughs> oh, I saw Fabio the other day. You saw, you saw Fabio. Tell, tell us where you saw Fabio. Uh, Fabio, I think that million dollars is uh, is definitely Dwindling. used up. He yes. was on the fourth hour of the Today Show with <laughs> Kathy Lee and Hoda. With Kathy Lee and Hoda modeling underwear. Yes, gotta say, looking good. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, and the here's this is the surprising thing: the number one most the survivor player that the people have said that they are the most like or they are that it most reminds them of themselves number one okay mm-hmm. it has not been mentioned yet okay guess who it is no stephanie lagrosa 10 Ste- people yeah i could see that 10 people have said it believe it or not mm-hmm. uh just uh, amazingly uh somebody said they're like bob crowley which is uh, pretty <laughs> pretty amazing. Uh, apparently three people said that they were like me but i think cochran counted twice and then Cochran said uh, this season end on his uh-huh. previous season. And then uh, Michael Snow. Okay. So uh, very, in- very interesting uh, list. So a great job. Uh, really, really great job by lines in a conversation to put that all together. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of research to do. Yeah, that was a lot of research yeah. to do. We appreciate that. Okay. All right. So, and then um, Dam Bueno uh, on the comments on Rob has a website.com said, uh, I wonder if this survivor, Matt, uh, we'll break the trend of truly clueless mats on Survivor. Okay, Nicole, are you ready for the list of mats and Matthews on Survivor? Okay, yes. Okay, of course. Who can ever forget the first Matt in Survivor history? Matthew Von Ertfelda, uh-huh. who, he, who damn calls Rob C's clueless pocket vote all the way to the final three. Is that machete sharp enough yet? Now, again, <laughs> that's a little, a little unfair for A me. little unfair. A little unfair. Uh, Maddie Whitmore couldn't wait to expose every alliance and strategy he ever had to anyone who will listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Matt Elrod, blindsided by Boston Rob Aww, twice. But he was a dreamboat. Probably still trust him. Former boy toy of Andrea Baliki. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Matt Quinlan bragged about his dominant alliance of four on a tribe of nine. After uh, nobody votes uh, how he'd like to, he gets blindsided and calls himself a strong player. 
So that but was. But we still uh, love the rooster. Yes. Uh, and so anyway, so uh, Dan says, I, I for one, am hoping that Matt Bischoff continues this trend. I also like to see pro football teams have winless seasons just for the hysterical, <laughs> historical angle. Oh, okay. very, very cynical. Okay. Very, very, very cynical. Very cynical. All right. So uh, I think that is about that it. wraps it up, wraps it up, Nicole. So uh, great job by uh, Austin Trump and the interns. Who is the head of intern for next week? You know, I think I don't know. I don't have that here. So I'm going to have to uh, we'll, we'll figure we'll, we'll figure get back at you. We'll get get back at you. Yeah. So. All right, Nicole. So uh, that's going to do it for uh, Rob's podcast. This uh, mega episode. Yes, this was a mega episode. Ninety minutes long. It's longer than ninety minutes. I'm just, just the episode. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, next week on the show, we're gonna be we're gonna be back. Uh, so here's what we're gonna start doing this week. Amazing Race podcast uh, coming Sunday. Oh, going to cover the Amazing Race in podcast form this season. Okay. So Amazing Race podcast Sunday night. Followed by then it's time we're gonna do it all over again this week. Oh my god! Here we go again. So after Survivor is over this week, Survivor Know It Alls live at Wednesday at nine forty-five. Followed by Thursday, we'll talk to the second person kicked off of Survivor, Cara Moen. Mm-hmm. and then time for. Do you think it's a fan or a favorite? I here's what I think it's a fan mm-hmm. going by the previews showed, uh, and then Brandon Hance he's he's going he's up to the old Hance family tricks which t- t- tells me uh that he's the, not going anywhere the favorites will win immunity and a yeah. fan will be going home yeah that's uh, that's just my inside the the promo we'll see if i'm right or wrong yeah uh, or um but it's almost like uh if that's what the, the preview is saying it's almost like you you pretty much know brandon is safe next week <laughs> <laughs> so, lucky brandon lucky brandon lucky us yes all right so that's my uh take on that i hope nobody gets mad at me for giving you my uh, my take on the previews Anyway, have a great week, everybody. We've got uh, so much good stuff coming up. Thanks to everybody using our link for Amazon. Uh, we always appreciate it when you start your Amazon experience at robisawebsite.com slash Amazon. And if, you, if you're if you on the Google Plus and you haven't checked out our group, uh, come visit us at robisawebsite.com slash G plus, uh, G-P-L-U-S. Uh, we spell it out. That's a direct link to go to our Google Plus community which is thriving nicole it is it is thriving yes all right so uh nicole uh, you got anything uh, good coming up this week on that pretty fit oh we have a new challenge coming up in march it starts march 1st it's the march madness challenge um we got a, a good group going on right now um a good lineup every day of the week we have different workouts come uh, come work out with us we Such got a hard working lady i i try gotta keep fit gotta keep hot do you work just as hard at thatprettyfitchick.com as I do at Rob as a Podcast? Probably harder. Probably harder. Whoa. <laughs> Throw down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Got Bye. nothing for you.